Hello and welcome to episode 58 of the Round and Tile podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And this episode is perfect platforming as we'll be discussing the cat-heavy Super Mario 3D World for the Wii U. It's actually one of the three games that Nintendo released back on November 22nd, and while Nintendo might not have thought it was necessary to give each game a chance to shine, we, on the other hand, do. So this episode is going to be all about Super Mario 3D World. Our next episode will be all about Legends of Link Between Worlds. So don't worry, we did not forget that game exists. We will be covering it. But for this episode, we have those impressions of Mario 3D World coming up. We'll also be discussing whether this is the one game that can actually truly save the Wii U. It's the one getting all the rave reviews. Will it be enough? We'll, we'll weigh in on it later in the show. And after we talk Mario, we'll also be sharing impressions of the port, the Wii U eShop port of pla- Puzzle Platformer. I guess you'd call it a platformer. Edge. It's a puzzle platformer. Yeah, yeah so Edge. And we'll also, after that, definitely stay tuned because we'll be having our announcement of our $20 eShop credit gift card code, whatever you want to call it, uh, giveaway winner. So we'll have that. We'll be announcing who won. We'll also be announcing what game I have to beat by the end of the month. And if I don't beat it by the end of the month, that means someone else is winning more eShop money. So stay tuned for those. Or alternatively, you can go to ramtown.com, click on this podcast episode, this episode 58, and use the timestamps right on that page to get exactly to the sections you want to hear. Of course, before all those impressions and before all those free giveaways, one free giveaway, we uh, have news. A smorgasbord of news, if you will. We're going to be taking a look at some uh, of what Nintendo has in store for early 20... Or what's coming to Nintendo systems, I should say, in 2014. We're going to be talking about the changing face of third-party support on the Wii U. And we'll be talking a little bit about Nintendo's further advertising push this holiday season. But to kick things off, let's go in a totally different direction. Let's talk about Nintendo's artsy new endeavor that is the Nintendo 3DS Guide Louvre. So, that happened... Uh, in a Nintendo Direct, this pa- that happened in a Nintendo Direct this past Wednesday, where uh, right before Thanksgiving, a time you weren't expecting any news whatsoever, and basically Nintendo said, "Hey guys, check us out. We're gonna go walk through a French museum for twelve minutes. You're gonna go watch us do it." Like literally, the majority of this Nintendo Direct was uh, Satoru Iwata, Nintendo's global president, and uh, Shigeru Miyamoto just browsing statues and artwork in a museum and pointing at things. So didn't Nintendo already have a Louvre thing? Yeah, they sort of do. They have a. Um, they have a guide. You go to the Louvre, and instead of getting, like, the audio guide, you know, if you want the guided tour, mm-hmm. instead of getting a little audio box, you get a 3DS around your neck, like a full XL. And it has visual aids, and it has, like, for example, it has not only just auto commentary, but it has uh, 3D models of many of the art, many of the statues, so you can view them at different angles, like from above, which you can't obviously normally do. It has a special, like, network of geo-tracking around the museum, so the 3DS actually knows where you are at any given moment. Like there's these little rods they install in the corners of the rooms, and it can actually... They're almost like hotspots for Wi-Fi, and it knows which hotspot it's connected to. Oh. So it can track you, and there's a map, and you can like pin, you can like plot your route, and the 3DS will guide you almost like an indoor GPS. It's actually really fancy. So they're taking all that, and they're putting it into a package software that you can download from the eShop, whether you're at the Louvre or not at the Louvre. It's basically they're bringing the Louvre experience outside Louvre. Which, I mean, it's a niche product, but it's kind of cool, to be honest. So in the Direct, uh, Nintendo announced that they're doing this tomorrow. This episode goes up December 1st. You'll be able to download this game December 2nd. <laughs> game. You'll be able to download this app December 2nd. It's going to cost $20, which is a Yikes. little pricey. But, I mean, I mean it's it, considering, but considering how much effort they put into it, like it does everything the... Uh, Everything the In Museum app does. Because, like, the In Museum app's clever because it's not just, like, an audio guide. It's really, like, an interactive thing. It's almost like you're playing a game of the museum. Like, you don't get points or anything, but just how you interact with things. Like you can manipulate things. Everything you're doing is, like, interactive. You use, like, the shoulder buttons to pan around. You can use the touchscreen to swirl, twirl things. Like, it's it's pretty, you know, 
interactive. So they're taking that whole experience, and now they're just trying to, I guess, get their money back since they probably invested a lot. Miyamoto personally worked on this project for originally when it was in Louvre. So, so that's what he's been up to? Apparently. We want like a new franchise. He gave us a Louvre map. Hmm. But uh, but no, it's it's going to have all that stuff in the download version, but it's also going to have, and even, not only that, but it will even like it will even uh, update itself automatically, the app, to include the latest exhibits from the Louvre using SpotPass, which is kind of neat. Just to clarify, it will download via SpotPass the latest Louvre update. It will not download an update that the Louvre did using SpotPass to install new art, which is what my sentence was implied. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so the thing, so when if you get the software for 20 bucks, you end up getting... 30 hours of audio commentary, 600, oh, actually, a lot, yeah, 600 high-resolution photos. They can zoom way in and see the cracks in the paint. You also get 400 3D photos of the museum hallways themselves and the galleries themselves, so you can, like, literally digitally walk through it. And, for those that don't live near it. Right, exactly, or, yeah, exactly, people <laughs> who aren't in Paris. And you can also choose from, say, either pre-made guided tours where it'll take you through the highlights of the museum, or you can use a search function to find anything you want and then it'll build you the shortest route. So it'll literally become a GPS and then walk you through it. So it's actually kind right of... Right turn ahead. Yeah, pretty much. It's actually kind of impressive. And for the download version, Nintendo's also throwing in new features like you have a slideshow. There's the ability to view the art while listening to the commentary. Like in the museum, they want you to look at the real art. So there's like separate, either you're listening or you're playing with the app. You can't do them both simultaneously. This one you can. Plus, if you ever take your 3DS to the museum... With the app installed, it'll hook into that geolocation thing automatically. Like, there's no special hardware needed. It'll just go. So, it's kind of cool. Does it come with museum music? I don't know. Museums don't really have music. Oh, there's some ambient music. You hear, like, a guy coughing in the background. <laughs> there's just a, there's a looping track of one guy going... <coughs> <coughs> oh, I like that piece. That, that's the whole thing. It just loops over and over. But, uh... The, the, actually, you know the coolest thing about this? Because the thing is, it's very niche, there's no doubt. It's like the definition of a niche product. But the cool thing to me is there is going to be a physical copy sold only in the Louvre gift shop. So if you're like a collector or whatever, that's going to be very sought after. That's going to be a cool thing to own in like 10 years. Like, oh yeah, I have a copy of the Louvre 3DS app. Like a physical cartridge with a box. I actually kind of want one. Just because like, that's going to be so rare. Like Electroplankton's even hard to find now. And that was sold through Nintendo's online store to anyone in America. So imagine how hard this is going to be. Oh. To like get... But I think I think honestly the, you know there it, it's pretty nice for an app. I mean, there's a ton of content. Uses the 3DS's features in some good ways. But I think the most interesting thing about it is that Nintendo's not giving up on those casual focused apps that they were all about back in the DS and Wii day. No, like just, it was nothing with the Louvre. Yeah, but I mean, like just generally speaking about like if you look at casual apps as a whole, like they've had some rough patches with the 3DS and super casual games. You know, Nintendo Dogs and Cats launched. Kind of underperformed. Brain Age Concentration Training launched. It pretty much bombed here in the West. Uh, Art Academy launched. Do we have we heard anything about Art Academy besides that it exists? Like it's not really gaining much traction. It's there, people use it, but it's not you know it's not selling units or anything or systems, I should say. Yet Nintendo just won't give up. Now they're releasing by far what's the least gamey thing you can think of. Well, and I mean, it's I we don't have any cooking things for the 3ds, right? Like actual, not yet. We don't have America's te- Test Kitchen on 3ds yet, no. But, well. but no, I just think it's interesting that Nintendo instead of giving up, they're just plunging further in. They're like, okay, yeah, we'll keep releasing real games. We'll have your Mario, your Fire Emblem, your Animal Crossing. But at the same time, let's release a museum map. Well, let's see a, how that does. They have a quota. Yeah, I guess for every number of real games, they have to do a non-game. 
But it just it just strikes me as interesting that the and I mean we're probably never gonna know how this does because it's only an eShop release, so there's no way Nintendo's ever gonna release sales numbers. But I am really curious to see if this ends up being a success. Like, are we gonna start seeing like 3DS Guide Metropolitan Museum in New York, 3DS Guide LACMA here in LA? Like, are we gonna start seeing all these different museum guides? Is this gonna take off? Is this gonna become a thing? Are people gonna be walking through museums like, oh, let me just check my 3DS for where the California Science Center? Yeah, like, is this gonna become an actual thing? Oh, where's the Endeavor? Let me use my 3DS to find it. Like, it just strikes me as it could potentially be big. It's just intriguing i guess and it's funny that like this is leading our episode simply because of thanksgiving like it's a slow new it's somewhat slow news week so it's kind of like well let's start with nintendo's big announcement which just so happened to be that but of course there's also games real games games that people that listen to this would care about more likely i think the loop thing's interesting but it's not like the meat of what nintendo does the meat of what they do on the other hand is a little game called super smash brothers and another little game called Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Those are the meat of their stuff. So let's start with those and take a look at what's coming in uh, 2014. So, I mean, we're in the midst of the holiday season right now, but it doesn't mean that, you know, the game releases are stopping. So I guess we'll kick off with uh, Donkey Kong. And specifically, the big thing Nintendo did outside of their Louvre announcement was had the a takeover of GTTV's uh, Game Trailers Spike TV show. With Jeff Keighley. With Jeff Keighley. They, uh, yeah, it was like three hours after the Xbox launch special on launch day. Nintendo had a dedicated episode of GTTV to themselves. Reggie was on it. Bill Trennan, Nintendo's head of localization, or the Treehouse, or whatever his title is now, was on it. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze was all over it. So, the, I think the most concrete... Did it look more complete or more... Kind of, yeah, it kind of did. Because like the most, I think the most. It looked kind of finished when we played it at Comic Con. Yeah, but at the same time, it just looked like it looked kind of finished, but it also looked like basically an upresed Wii game. Like if you look at it after playing Mario 3D World, it looks nowhere near as pretty as it could, and it's starting to look a little better now. But I think the most concrete thing they had was maybe not the maybe not so much the graphics, but some details that we didn't already know. Did they confirm the fourth big monkey? The what? Did they say who the fourth big monkey was? No, be? they didn't. No. But they, they did confirm this new thing called Kong Pow. Get uh, it? Do you like see what Kong, they did like there? Kong Pao. Yeah. But no, they, um, so they confirmed this new thing called Kong Pow, where basically if you clear, if you get 100 bananas and you and a second player simultaneously press a certain button at a certain time, you cleared the, enemy, they cleared the screen of all enemies. Which in so a game like, like Donkey Kong... Equivalent of like double ground pounding in Mario. Yeah. Yeah, but what's interesting is, like, in a game like Donkey Kong, which is supposed to be more challenging than Mario, like, that's how they bill it, it's the more challenging platformer, it's kind of weird they have a screen-clearing move, which makes me think they're going to make up for that by having way more challenging actual platforming. I hope so, because that game, yeah. I go they to that game because... Of the challenging platform. Yeah, it balances out Mario. Yeah, and the is, thing is, yeah. they, they did, I don't know if you saw the GT TV episode, but they did show a couple new levels later in the game, which did look kind of more tricky. They showed one level that was, like, everything was, like, covered in gelatin or, like, jello, and you bounce basically from everything to everything. So you couldn't really stop. You had to keep bouncing at all times because you're like on jello. And they showed um, another level where you realize there's an, like they redid the plucking ability and it actually affects the world now. You're not just like plucking a flower. Like you'll pluck something and a whole piece of the level will fall off. So they were showing stuff with that. And they showed a new minecart level where the camera, now that the camera is dynamic and swooping, instead of just going left to right in the cart, you're actually like, the, you're going kind of into the screen and the camera swoops around as you're jumping between tracks and whatnot. So there's a lot of, they're doing a lot more with it. Like, it's good they did the delay, I think. Yeah. But, it, I mean, honestly, to me, um, it is shaping up to look a lot better. Like, it looked fine at Comic-Con, you're right. It looked fine at the Best Buy experience back in June during E3. Like, it was playable. I remember commenting at the time, his fur moved. Like, in re- like he had individual strands of fur. That was nice. But the world around him was still very basic, po- very basic 
geometry. None of the enemies looked also. Yeah, it's pretty just like you could tell. It's it more Super Mario U than it was Super Mario 3D World in terms of graphic boost over the Wii game, if that makes sense. So now, though, it seems like they're taking advantage of the time they have, and things are looking a little better. There's some interesting, like there's some crystals in the uh, minecart level that had kind of a nice glimmer to them, like little things like that. They are sprucing it up. It still looks less intense in terms of graphics than 3D World, but it's I, I'd argue it's better than it was. So, so we should keep an eye out for that. That's coming in February. Um, outside of Donkey Kong, Reggie also dropped a few hints about what Nintendo's planning to do in 2014. Well, you know, just generally speaking. And one of the main things they're doing is apparently a more steady stream of Wii U and 3DS games. Wii U, I understand. We had nothing for half a year, and then we had one game, and then nothing for three months, and then like 18, or like eight, seven games. And yet I somehow ended up with like... Way too many games. No, right? like, like, like 10, like... Well, I mean, I have like 12, I think I have 13 games now, but that pretty much means I had about a game a month. Yeah. But they, so, weren't, but they weren't evenly balanced. They were like oh yeah, three no, yeah. and six weeks. Yeah, we then, didn't have anything yeah. in February. We didn't have anything. Right. Anymore. Nothing until June with uh, Game of Wario. Yeah. Well, Monster Hunter in March, but, but that's third party. Yeah. But yeah, Reggie was saying they're going to do a more steady stream for both Wii U and 3DS. And I don't know, like Wii U, as we just said, makes sense, but I don't get why 3DS is getting a more steady stream. What's more steady than, what the, than one game a month? Like, what is he... That we've been getting? We, since June... They're about... And well, let's see. Like, it must have 3DS game that every... February was Fire Emblem. March was... Ki- um, Kid Icarus, wrong year. March was Luigi's Mansion. April was Lego City. May was Donkey Kong. June was Animal Crossing. July mm. was nothing. August was Mario and Luigi Dream Team. September was... What was September? Yeah, I don't know if I... Really, nothing in September. I don't know if I really count Donkey Kong, though. October... Well, I'm just listing, like, oh, yeah. big name releases. October was Pokemon. November was Zelda. And Mario Party. Like, there has been almost a game a month, so it's kind of interesting that he's saying they're going to do something more steady. I, I don't know how. I don't even know what games they have. Obviously, half of them we don't know yet, but... There's Yoshi. Yeah, there's Yoshi's New Island, there's Professor Layton, there's Bravely Default, there's Mario Golf. That's all I've got. Layton vs. Phoenix, but that's Layton, not that. well, That's not Nintendo. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing, I guess. But it's just kind of an odd con. Um, Wait, but if you're counting Layton... Yeah. They're publishing normal Layton. Nintendo oh. always publishes normal Layton. But uh, one one game that we'll be getting next year potentially that Reggie kind of alluded to is a game that you utilizes NFC in a more direct way than Pokemon Rumble you did. Yeah. I mean, you like Pokemon Rumble. You have you have how many of the figurines right here? I'm only missing like, two. So you have how many then? Twenty four? Twenty two? Uh, I don't know. This three, four, uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. You have nineteen. Yep. Yep. Counting two enlisted ones and a shiny. But see, the thing the thing about those is they look cool. They add to the game, but they're not core to the game by any means. Oh, like no. they're like an afterthought. So yeah. it sounds like what Reggie was. Ki- yeah, I mean, I bought the toys first, not really planning right. on having the game. Exactly. Yeah. The game was kind of like, oh, well, it's nice to have you, I guess. Yeah, and what Reggie's been hinting at is that, or what he was hinting at to Jeff Keighley is that there's gonna be a game that actually uses NFC in a core way coming oh, out. Oh boy. Hopefully, here comes Skylanders Nintendo Edition. Yeah, basically. Hopefully, it's something this year because I'm actually kind of curious to see what he means. I mean. It, it certainly shows that Rumble U is a success, because, I mean, it was an experiment, basically. You know, putting it as an afterthought like that, not a core game feature, and seeing how it sells, is by is like the definition of an experiment, and not an actual... Like, what do you think it's going to be, like, a collect-a-thon kind of thing, or something no where idea. you just have, like, a few things that you just need to... I don't know. I mean, I remember a while ago, I wrote an extra on the site, uh, where I basically speculated about how... Remember the e-reader uh-huh. for Game Boy Advance? And you had all these different cards that did different things. Some you swipe and you have an NES game. Some you swipe and it gives you Pokemon, Pokedex data for your Pokemon card. 
Some, it's like a items in Animal Crossing or Super Mario Bros. 3. Like, all that stuff, they could basically mimic those sorts of functionality on the Wii U with NFC. I, the article was called, uh, what was it called? NFC's future is e-readers past. There we go. So if you go around town.com and look for that article, like, a third away down the page, it's there. And I speculate about all that stuff and, you know, talk about some, some ideas I think I said at the time were like, what if they did virtual console games where you get a little vinyl figurine of an 8-bit character from the game, put it on the system and you unlock the game. Or like, you know what I mean? Or like uh, Pokemon Training Card Game. Take the Game Boy Color digital version, revamp it as an HD thing from the eShop for 10 bucks. have all the future cards be NFC enabled, and you can import them into the game. There's all sorts of things that you can do. What are they going to do for their, like, major, major, you know, like their big NFC tile that Reggie's alluding to? I don't know. It's hard to say. They Hopefully something more than just Skylanders. Hopefully they get creative. Maybe they'll somehow use Smash Bros.? Maybe like Smash Bros, the trophies you collect, you physically collect now, Ooh. and then so import into the game. Like all of them have like that Smash Bros logo on the bottom. Yeah, it'd be super cool. Actually, I kind of want that really badly. But it'd be like the Nintendo Museum. Like, oh, what figurine do you get now? They could learn more about. Yeah, it'd be super cool. And then I'll play like a little video from the game and show you stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know what they're gonna do, but whether it's the NFC game or something else, what I do know is we're getting some sort of taste of some sort of Nintendo game that's probably coming next year in 2014 during Spike's VGX this coming weekend. Uh, Reggie said during his interview with Jeff Keighley, and then Jeff Keighley confirmed on Twitter, that Nintendo will have a presence at the streaming event. Which, by the way, I don't know if you know... Do you know about VGX? It's the new Video Game Awards. Spike ditched the Video Game Awards. Yeah, now they're doing I, VGX. I was kind of looking into it in Monica. I wasn't really sure what it was, but I never really paid attention to... Yeah, basically the Video Game Awards were a normal awards that aired on Spike once a year for like yeah. two hours. And they mostly... It had awards, but most of the time it was teasers and trailers for new games. Lots of announcements came from that. Um, now Spike winning. is... Yeah, sports games winning everything. Madden won the game of the year multiple times. Now Spike, what they're doing, I guess because ratings are low and because they realize it's not catering to what gamers may actually want, is now Spike is uh, moving it online... It's going to be a three-hour streaming show on Saturday, December 7th at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. And it's literally going to be like a mix of awards, announcements, and just oh, various nice. other content. It's going to be a three-hour just live stream of stuff. And then they'll take the biggest announcements and do a half-hour clip show during the GTTV time slot, I believe, later oh, in the week. That was interesting how like, the voting for some of the games started way before like they, all, all, the, all the November 22 games came oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was funny. So it's like, oh, of course Bioshock and all is going to win right now because no one has played Mario or Zelda. Yep, yep. But yeah, and it's open, and the voting's open to the public this time. I don't know how much of an, if it determines it, but in the past, they had a panel of judges decide it. So, it's it's different. I actually think I like it better because, like, here's the thing about the VGAs. Even when Miyamoto had that awesome appearance a few years ago, where he was on stage and gave him, like, an Icon Award or something, they always felt very forced, the VGAs. They always felt very, like... They weren't truly gamer-oriented. They were going after, like, the dude bro demographic, you know, like, the Call of Duty Madden guys, and that was it. All the jokes were really, like, hey, gamer stereotypes, am I right? You know, like, it was just very... It felt very forced. But with VGX, now that streaming, ratings aren't an issue. They have no advertisers they have to please. This is just an event to promote Spike and GTTV and game trailers and all the companies that have their wares. It's basically a giant three-hour press conference of sorts. So they have no ratings, they have no like ratings overlord, I don't believe, that they have to report to. They can just do their thing and do what gamers actually want to see and hear. So I'm actually kind of excited for this one. It should be cool. And I'm particularly excited, or well, curious, I guess is a better word, to see what Nintendo has planned. Because, like, this is a core gamer event. This is not something that the people that, like, are into, 
you know, like the the soccer moms who got Wii Fit. This is not something they're going to be watching. So Nintendo's not going to go to VGX and be like, hey, did you hear about Wii Sports Club? Like, that's not going to happen. This is going to be a very gamer-oriented thing. It's going to be, they're going to show, like, X, you know, the Monolith Soft RPG, or they're going to show a Smash Bros. trailer made with a date. That'd be cool. Or they're going to show some brand new thing that's, like, mature-oriented. This is a thing where they're going directly to main gamers. Like, even if they show Mario Kart, I'll be surprised. Like, that's even too casual for this, I feel like. This would probably be something... Or maybe nothing. Yeah, or nothing. But they won't... They won't Reggie himself will apparently be there. So there's no way this is going to be just like, Hey, remember us? Like, they're going to be... They're going to have an announcement. They have to. They're going to be overshadowed. Maybe you talk about Bayonetta or something. Or, yeah. Maybe it might just be Bayonetta. I don't know. But they're going to definitely do something. And they do something that makes a splash because they're going to be overshadowed by the other announcements if they don't. So whatever it is, I'm really curious to see. And it's also nice to see Nintendo finally realizing that directs don't always work for everything. Yes, the direct works if you want to preach to the choir, but sometimes you have to talk to the gamers that have the other systems. And they're not going to watch Nintendo Directs. So you have to go to events like VGX. So it's good that they're actually doing that. Hmm. But that's just that's just one game. One potential game from 2014 that Nintendo's going to have on hand. There's other games coming out that year, or possibly further on, and that includes Super Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS, which we continue to get new updates on, courtesy of series head Masahiro Sakurai's ongoing Miiverse posts. So, the latest we learned... Actually, it's kind of funny. We recorded our last episode of the podcast. Finish recording it. Go to Twitter. First thing we see, Mario Galaxy stage in, in the new Smash Bros. And I was like, ah, wait, no, we should have talked about that. Ah. Well, so, I mean, that, that was a given. There's no, they way, there, there's no been, way there isn't going to be a Mario Galaxy stage in Brawl. I, it's I funny feel because like... it's been rumored for so long and talked about for so long that when he, could, when he announced it, it wasn't even an announcement, it was a confirmation. Like, he wasn't even like, hey, guys, check. He, yeah, I mean, he announced it. But, you know what I mean? Like, everyone's like, oh, cool. Not like, oh, my God, this is actually, it's real. What? Like, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, of course. It's kind of like, I mean, at this point, it's like, oh, I mean, we know Jigglypuff's going to be there. We know. We know Ness will be there. We know. Actually, I don't know about Ness. I don't know about Ness, actually. It might just be Lucas. I, I, I feel like. No, it, Ness will be there. He's been in all of them. Lucas might be out, but Ness is totally staying. There's well, no way they're dropping well, it. He did say, like, he originally wanted Lucas to be in it and not Ness. So you think they might put Lucas and drop Ness? Maybe. If they had to pick one, I'm pretty sure they'd go with Lucas. Wait, how's that possible? Lucas didn't exist when Ness, when Ness was in the first Smash Bros. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Lucas came in Mother 3, which was like 2006 or 7. Wait, I'm just gonna... Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I just <laughs> Either out- way... It's I'm... fine. I just out-nerded you. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that I'm pretty sure they're just gonna keep, like, the character that I guess you could tell they tried the most for. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Wario, I mean, they don't have any other character like him, so he's obviously yeah. gonna stay. And, like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure one of the Star Fox trio is going to get dropped, if not. Two. Oh, yeah. Wolf is out. Falco might be out. Wolf is definitely yeah. out. Falco, only because he was in melee, it's kind of hard to yeah, roll him out. Just that's yet. true. But, but in terms of the stage, the galaxy stage, I mean, we may have seen it coming, but it looks really nice. It's the first level from the first galaxy. It has planetoids that reference Galaxy 1 and 2 all across the background, including your ship from 2. And the cool thing is it has gravitational fields and, gra- and the physics of Mario Galaxy. So if you jump from the side of the stage, you'll actually move. You won't jump out. You'll jump at an angle and kind of swing back in, which is a really cool touch. Like in the middle, gravity is normal, but on the sides where the stage curves away from the screen it, or curves down, it's appropriately more gravity. So that, that actually I think is really cool and could kind of shape or shake up, not shape, could shake up how Smash Bros. You know, how the combat works on that stage in some interesting ways. Imagine, like, throwing an item and it just gets carried up and over and around. 
Yeah. It could be cool. Okay. The other thing, since we're talking about mascot stages, the other thing worth mentioning is Sakurai confirmed, reconfirmed that Sonic is getting a stage. He's getting uh, Windy Hill from Sonic Lost World, but they're adding something to it. It's That's not, something else we already knew. Yeah, but what they what they announced now is it's not going to be a straight, like, here it is in Sonic Lost World. They're taking elements from other Sonic games. There's a giant windmill, for example, which wasn't in Lost World. Yeah, it was. Was it? Yeah. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> like, the windmill's like, like, there. Like, the first like, few levels are all giant windmills. Oh, well, the windmill's there, and you ride it, but the trick with this now is the windmill's only on half the screen. It's so, so if big. you ride it off screen, you'll just die. So you can't just sit there. You have to keep moving. Yeah. But, see, I thought that... <clears throat> excuse me. I thought that was bigger news. That's not even worth mentioning. No. Oh, well. Sonic has a stage. Woo. <laughs> Mario Galaxy. Yay. Okay. <clears throat> And I just lost my voice. See, you got me so flustered about that, my voice gave out. Oh. Look what you did. You ruined everything. I don't apologize. You shouldn't. Um, so that's that's what we know about games that we already knew were coming down the line. Um, we also recently learned about some new games, at least for North America, for 2014. One of them's not even... I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, first, let's talk about a game that we never really talked about before, but it's actually kind of a hit for Nintendo, and that's Fossil Fighters. Do you remember that for the DS? Fossil Fighters and Fossil Fighters I remember Champion. having a pretty cool-looking T-Rex, and then yeah. never getting it. Yeah, no, that's pretty much what it is. So it was, a, it was it's definitely Nintendo's B-tier. <clears throat> Why is my voice giving out? Hold on. Ah, Waterworks Wonders. No, it doesn't. I'm still giving out. Whatever. <clears throat> Sorry. So it's definitely Nintendo's B-tier, is what I started to say. Fossil Fighters. Like, it's, you know, it's... For every Pokemon, there's a fossil fighter somewhere in the background. But uh, basically... Wait, for this those, was developed by Nintendo. Right? It's made by Red Entertainment. Oh. And Nintendo publishes. Nintendo commissioned and published. But it's what's interesting about it is, like, even though they're B-tier, they still sell pretty well here in the States. Like, the first one like, think, charted I mean, in its first month. I mean, it's fighting dinosaurs. I mean, little How can kids... How can't go wrong? Yeah, little kids will and they're actually better. pretty solid games from what I've heard. So Maybe I mean, should, the, um, get it and I don't know. Well, out. here's what here's how the game works for anyone who hasn't played it. With Fossil Fire, so you're battling dinosaurs, much like you battle Pokemon. But what's different is you don't catch the dinosaurs; you excavate their fossils. And this is a touchscreen mini game where you're literally cleaning fossils with your stylus. Mm. That, that's pretty, pretty much it. So you go explore the world, you find fossils, you clean them with the stylus, determine dinosaurs, battle them, go find more fossils, rinse and repeat. That's it in a nutshell. So for the third Fossil Fires, they're not bringing it to 3DS. We don't know a whole lot. It's only been announced for Japan. But the gameplay is going to be basically the same. All they're changing is the uh, the protagonist and the fact that you don't just walk around now. Now you have an all-terrain vehicle. Ooh. Ooh. Now the reason I felt it was worth mentioning this, besides that there's apparently a couple hundred thousand Fossil Fire fans out there, because that's how well the game sell, is that when Reggie said there's going to be an onslaught of 3DS games, and we're like, wait, what 3DS games? Here's about. another one. I guarantee you this is going to be in the States, and I guarantee you it will be here in, like, August. Maybe. The first two came out in August. So, keep an eye out. August 2014, Fossil Fires 3DS. Mark your calendar. <laughs> I'll be waiting. You will be. Now, the game I was originally going to bring out, or bring out, the original I was going to bring up, which is already out in Japan, but it's now confirmed for America, is actually not even for a Nintendo console. It's the third Mario Kart arcade game. And, you know, honestly, they're not bad. We've played them. They're pretty fun. But uh, the new one, Mario Kart Arcade GP DX ABC one two three uh, exclamation mark question mark no it's it's just arcade GP DX but they have way too many acronyms going on there anyway it's uh, it's Namco developed uh, it's was announced for Japan in February and it's been out there for a while and basically it's basically the same as the other two arcade games if you've ever played them so it has um, you know a mix of Nintendo and Mario 
Nintendo and Namco characters. So you have Mario, you have Luigi, Donkey Kong, Waluigi, etc. And on the Namco side for GPDX, there's now Pac-Man and Don, which is one of the drum dudes from uh, that Taiko drumming game they make. Uh, what's it called? Taiko no Taksuni or something like that? It's that game. It's called Taiko Drum Master. Yeah, here in the States it is. Yeah, Taiko Drum Master. But, uh, yeah, so he, the little blue drum guy or red drum guy, is now uh, driving a car. I don't know how. So that's one of the new things. But in terms of gameplay, it's pretty much what the other ones were. It has, you know, a normal Grand Prix. It has a battle mode. New for this one, the glider and underwater mechanics from Mario Kart 7 are now in the arcade version. And they added two new modes. One's called uh, Alter Ego, where you're racing against the ghost data of other players. Sound familiar? And one's called Team, where it's two racers against two other racers. And you're working together. Hmm. Kind of like Double Dash, but in two separate cars, I think. So, they're improving the game. The thing about Mario Kart Arcade is it's definitely its own beast. Like, it's not Mario Kart. It is, but it isn't. Like, it handles... I mean, we played the first two at Dave & Buster's, I believe, over the years. The fir- It handles totally different. I mean... What were your thoughts on it? It does handle way differently. Well, for one thing, you're playing with a steering wheel, so it's like nothing like Mario Kart. That is very true. Like even if, for all I know, it could probably play the same with the controller. But since you're using a steering wheel, no, it's definitely the drifting. There's more like swerving. Well, what's the thing? Like I don't know, because like we're using a steering wheel. Like drifting with a steering wheel is way different than drifting with the controller. True. I think that alone just like makes it really, really different. Yeah, maybe that's. I mean. I mean, I, I like the fact that um, when you get items, actually hold them like Mario Kart Double Dash. Yeah, so I miss that they took that out. So you could lose them like if you get hit if you don't use it fast enough because they're balancing them underhand. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, and you can steal them from people too just by cruising up next to them. You know? Yeah, but yeah, I think the hand. I mean, the handling is obviously different. It also has kind of a different graphic style. Like it's definitely Mario, but like something. It's like I don't know how to describe it. It's like more rounded almost. Like there's no sharp lines. More everything's Pac-Man curved. World, yeah, it's like Pac-Man-ish. Like everything's curved. <laughs> everything like there's no like sharp edges i feel like and it, and it has kind of this like cg look to it more than more i mean obviously mario is computer generated but like it doesn't look like a cg movie quite as much as our kgp does if that makes sense do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it has like a certain like i guess it's more cartoony almost i don't know like how to describe it definitely what like generations because that has no solid you mean like Sonic Generations? yeah Sonic Generations because that looked very cartoony and there was no um, straight lines it was all smooth and round yeah like that yes like that yeah so it's definitely it has kind of its own look and I remember at one point people were speculating that one of these arcade games may eventually come to Wii U before Mario Kart 8 was announced because they needed to you know fill the gap but I honestly wouldn't mind if eventually they compiled all three arcade games and just ported them to Wii U maybe some on the eShop or something like it'd be kind of cool to have these because you don't really get a chance to play them because arcades aren't very common in the U.S. And even then, the number of them that have the Mario Kart arcade machines are pretty limited. Like, I'd be, I seriously would pay like 25 bucks, maybe 30 bucks for each of them. That seems reasonable, right? For I mean, they're each? full-fledged games. Well, yeah. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe 15 each. 20 each. $60 total, 20 each, yeah. That sounds more reasonable. But yeah, they're full-fledged games. They have multiple modes. They even have like camera features where you can put your face over the cart, which would work with the That's gamepad controller. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it makes perfect sense. And Namco and Nintendo clearly have a good relationship. They're developing Smash Bros. together. Like it makes sense to do it. I don't do know if they it. ever will, but it'd be kind of cool. Um. So that's coming out sometime this winter here in the U.S. So keep an eye out at arcades. If we see one in an arcade by us, we'll definitely do an extra about it on the site. So 
and talk about it on the podcast. So keep an eye out for that as well. If there's we an ever arcade find one. within half an hour from my house that has a Mario Kart arcade machine, but, do, but, but will they have GPGX? Oh, one, two, I, three, I, don't, five, six? I don't know. I don't know how yeah. often they give it. Yeah, I, I don't know. So we'll, we'll see. But it's definitely something. If you have an arcade near you, definitely keep an eye on it for all the listeners out there. And here in the U.S., we had a game announcement for 2014 that isn't quite exciting, but the implications of what it means are interesting to say the least. And that's that WB Games recently revealed that here comes here comes a total shocker. They're making another Lego game based on another one of their franchises. Can you believe that? They figure out a way of making easy it, money, it and Lego, they're going to keep doing it. Is it a Lego game that's on a new franchise that they haven't done before? No, it's a spin-off, sort of. Oh. It's Lego The Hobbit. They've done Lord of the Rings, now they're doing The Hobbit. So they confirmed that both Wii U and 3DS will be getting uh, Lego The Hobbit sometime in spring 2014. It's pretty much what you expect. The, the games could cover the first two movies, which will both be out by that point. Not the third one. I guess the third one gets its own game. And you get to play as a bunch of different characters and you get to smash everything for blocks. All right. That's pretty much it. Straightforward Lego. But what's interesting about it is the significance of this announcement, in my opinion. Uh, so WB, up till this point, has been a really strong supporter of Wii U, right? I mean, there's uh, kids friend- yeah, there's kid-friendly games like Scribblenauts and all the Lego games, but there's also more mature stuff like Batman Arkham City, Batman Arkham Origins, Injustice, Gods Among Us. Like, they've been doing a pretty good balancing act. All of a sudden, though, the balance stopped, and now all they seem to be announcing are the kids' games. Here's some games that WB's coming out with that aren't coming to Wii U, but have been announced recently. Mad Max, The Witcher 3, Dying Light. Actually, those are the only three I have. It's not kind of bigger list. But so those are their three big, high-profile 2014 titles. Their big, you know, Batman game. Their big Injustice. These are like that route. They want to have big franchises out of these. They're not coming to Wii U all the time. What is coming to Wii U, though, is all these kid-friendly games like Lego and presumably the next Scribblenauts and that sort of thing. It just strikes me as interesting because, like, I think this is going to be a trend going forward. Because what, what happened is Nintendo's been really adamant. You know, software sells hardware. Da-da-da-da-da. They keep hammering that home, and they keep releasing software to prove that point. Mario, Pikmin, uh, Wonderful 101, Zelda, all this stuff that's like, yes, so- Wii Sports, Wii Fit. All this stuff will help, help, the, system, uh, will help, help, sell, help the sell the system, at least to some degree, right? I mean, Iwata said in financial reports, Reggie said on GTTV this past week, they keep hammering that point home. The issue is that all the games I just mentioned, and then if you add in Mario and Sonic, and we, you know, at the Olympic Games, and we part of you, every game they've released this year are going after the same family-friendly market, which is something we've discussed previously. That's fine and dandy, but what it means is they're only attracting a certain type of consumer to the Wii U. They're only attracting those family-friendly, the people that want those family-friendly titles, or Nintendo fans. But, you know, they're not attracting a mature audience that may be interested in Dying Light, or Mad Max, or The Witcher 3, or that sort of thing. So as a result, the third parties are saying, well, if Nintendo's only bringing this type of user to the Wii U, why would we release these other games? They're not going to sell. Just look at Call of Duty. It doesn't sell. Our Batman game's not really selling. In fact, some stores aren't even stocking Batman Arkham Origins for Wii U. Like, because they know it's not going to sell. Same with Call of Duty Ghost for Wii U. Like, I think Target is being is reportedly not stocking them whatsoever. Nope. They just didn't order them. They're like, we're not going to sell them. It's not, there's no point. They're not going to sell. So, this is kind of the new issue Nintendo faces. Is Yeah, they might get an install base. They might have the software drives hardware. But then the question becomes how you address the gap in the heart, in the software lineup. You have plenty of stuff for the kids, plenty of stuff for the Nintendo fans, but what about the Nintendo fans like us who are older and may want to play more mature experiences? Do we need to go buy another console now? Is that essentially what's happening? Or we need, do we need a two-console future? I mean, if that's the case, that's the case, but that seems to be where it's heading. And third parties, rightfully so, are not going to start putting their games on a system if they don't sell. 
So they'll put the games that do sell. Well, their commercial pretty much said, like, why do we play Nintendo? Because of Nintendo. Yeah, that's true. If you want to play a non-Nintendo game, go play another console. Honestly, I love that slogan. For the, on the 3DS holiday ad? Yeah, um... On the 3DS holiday ad, they do say a really cool... Like, that's because it's so, like, confident, too. Because, yeah, the ad, it's... Uh, how's the ad go? It's like, there's these kids watching... There's these kids saying why they play Nintendo, or why they play their 3DS, and it's like, I play it for this, I play it for that, I play it for the next thing, the last kid all pompous, like, like, I play it because it's Nintendo. And the internet was like, yeah! Like, all the gamers were like, yeah! And now Nintendo's using it as a hashtag on their Twitter, and I think it's gonna become their slogan, because it's Nintendo. It works. Why buy a Wii U? Because it's Nintendo. That's where you get Nintendo stuff. Unless Nintendo just doesn't cut it as a reason for someone. It won't for some people, but for Mario, lots of Alright, I got it. PS4, please. <laughs> yeah, some people will do that. But, like, lots of parents know Nintendo's a safe bet for their kids in terms of good quality games that aren't, like, Because risque. it's Nintendo. Because it's Nintendo. But, no, but back to what I was saying, like, yeah, obviously people buy Nintendo systems for Nintendo games, but third and third parties will support that same type of game, but it makes you wonder if this is the end of the line for the more mature experiences. That's all. And, I mean, to Nintendo's credit... Two things could happen. One, they're releasing more mature games next year. We're getting X. We're getting Bayonetta 2. Those could potentially turn the tide. If they sell well and third parties see that, they might start bringing more mature games over. Will they sell well? I kind of doubt it. I think they're both could be niche, but we'll see. And the other thing they're doing right is they're at least able to attract a casual audience. Like, they weren't able to do that previously. They have a really strong campaign going right now that's really, you know, casual-oriented and family-friendly. I mean, we discussed this last episode, the whole marketing angle of how they're doing going after casuals. And uh, since then, I went to the Nintendo Holiday Mall experience, and it could not be more apparent that this is what they're trying to do. They have giant signs, multiple giant signs that say family fun in huge letters on the booth. There's one, like, above it, and there's one on the back wash. It's like, family, Nintendo, family fun for the holidays. It's like, all right, yeah, it's for families, got And, like, uh, it's just, like, so in your face. They're not even subtle. It's not, like, you know, fun for the whole family. It's literally just, like, family fun. <laughs> That's it. That's all it says. And I actually no did a... owners allowed. Yeah, exactly. But I actually did a um, write-up all about this holiday mall experience on the site. Uh, there's an extra called Nintendo Takes a Holiday Tour. And it's, uh, get it? And it's um, it's on the homepage right now, ramtown.com. So if you're curious what this looks like, the tour, definitely check that out. We have a write-up of what, you know, what games are there. So if you want to go see it for yourself. It's funny, because even though they have family fun everywhere, they do have one lone kiosk with a giant M-rated sticker on it. And you can play any of the M-rated games on only that one kiosk. The rest is all the family fun kiosks. Is it behind, but, like, a black curtain or something? No, but it has, like, the Wii U's, like, covered. Like, in the photo, it's, like, behind a white box. It's very strange. <laughs> they actually were missing Wii U's when I went there. I went there opening day, so I don't think they had it all set up yet. But there were kiosks with no Wii U's in. They had controllers with no Wii U's. They had Wii U's with no controllers. It's bizarre. Uh, I will say, though, the tour, the booth is really nicely done, and it's really smart to do the family fun thing, because it contradicts Xbox One and PS4 so well, because those systems are very big on, yeah, for the gamers, you know, this is the the game, the place you go for Uncharted, and Call of Duty, and all that, so it's smart of Nintendo to go, well, if you want the other stuff, go here. So, it's, it's also worth knowing that the tour is really only the beginning of all this marketing. Like, Nintendo... They're going to keep pushing hard, it seems like. Because during the GT TV interview, Reggie was saying that uh, Nintendo was actually a little too quiet in the first half of this year. Which I think we... A little? Yeah. I think we harped on that a lot over the course of the year. And he was saying that it might have been a mistake. It was a mistake. And that they're going to resolve it in 2014. You think they'd do anything but be quiet when they have a new console coming out? Especially when there's no competition in March and April of last year. Of this past... Of this year. 
Like they do better under pressure, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, uh, Panic Nintendo's best Nintendo, I said in the past, and it's still true. But So he's saying 2014 they're going to step up their marketing. I'm already seeing it. It's already happening in 2013. It's happening right now. I mean, just look at like some of the stuff they've done. Like We already talked about the commercials and whatnot, but in the time since the last episode, they've now teamed up with Southwest Airlines as well to promote Mario. So as we mentioned last episode, they did a thing at Pari Barantin, because that makes perfect sense. And now, and now they're doing one that's equally out of left field, and Mario 3D World is being promoted at Southwest Airport hubs around the country. So... Wait, the hubs? Like hub, okay, what well, a hub is. Yeah, I just realized not one might know what that is. Hubs are the major airport. If you go, like, on an airline, you have to usually connect in one of a few different airports. Like, Delta, it's always Minneapolis or, Subla- or Salt Lake. Certain airlines have a dominance in certain airports. They call those the hub. It's where, like, they have, like, 60% of the operations. Most of their flights route through there. So these hub airports are the ones that they have the bigger presence in, the one they might have their own terminal in, branded with their own stuff that they can do whatever they want in. So for Southwest, they have six hubs that they're saying up, Mario in. And what they're going to do is if you go to, if you go, if you happen to fly through Dallas, uh, Chicago's Midway Airport, Denver, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, or St. Louis, there's going to be a Mario 3D World, like, kiosk there where you can play the game. And to kick off the whole thing, they did basically a giant photo op where they had Mario, or a guy in a Mario costume, give out a, a plane full of Wii, Wii U's to a plane full of people. Every single passenger on a random flight got free Wii U. Whoa. Which is actually really cool. And they have, like, all these cheesy foes of Mario, like, directing the airplane and, you know, with the little orange sticks to, like, go taxi to the gate and all that. It's pretty funny, but... Um, At the end of the seat, they're, like, look in your... No, no, they were vouchers when they got off the oh. plane. They got to swap them for real, for real, um, Wii's. But it's still a cool promotion, and it's, you know... The thing about this is, it's a really smart move for Nintendo's whole family-oriented thing, because what's the busiest time of the year that families are traveling right now? The majority of travel right now is for family, not for business, because people are going to visit family for Thanksgiving, or they just did, or for Christmas, or for Hanukkah, or for Kwanzaa, or for a holiday I might be forgetting. I'm trying to be as inclusive as possible. I'm failing, but I think I got them all. But, um, they, yeah, this is the time to get family. This is the time families travel, so this is the time that if you want to push something to a family, you do it on one of the biggest airlines, well, Southwest. Like so it, it's smart. Them. It's smart. And, it, you know, it's continuing that family theme that the commercials have, like those, the pitch commercials, they have kids convincing their parents to get a Wii U. There's actually a new one out that's kind of uh, worth mentioning because, okay, first of all, I'm still, let me just say, I'm still not big on the way they're presenting these commercials with the kids because they're making the system look like it's kiddier than it really is, but that's a rant from last episode. If you want to hear me rant about that, episode 57, rant.com, well, go do so it. far, it kind of is, but... What? The Wii U. For kids? Well, it's kid-friendly, but the ad, like, the kids are like 10. Which means eight and seven year olds will aspire to have it. No one that's twelve is gonna go. I want that ten year olds playing, because you, you kids always aspire. This is what I was saying last episode. No, no, yeah, 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 but kids you. always, yeah, kids always aspire for a year or two older than them at least. So once again, that rant last episode. What I was gonna say this episode is they're doing something right with those ads, and that's they have a new one where they literally have a, they literally spell out that the Wii U is not the Wii. A kid says, "Well, if my mom says, Will you have a Wii." And then the response is like, well, tell her this is a direct, like, this is a total upgrade. It's a different thing. Like, it's straight up. This is different. It's not a Wii. So the fact that Nintendo, a year later, is finally directly saying this to people is very, very big progress for the company. I'm shocked it took up this long. Um, but, you know, it seems like a minor thing, that one throwaway sentence, but it's huge. Like, this... You should have had that instead of the um, the inkjet commercial. Oh, the, the, the dubstep ad? 
Yeah, well, at the time, they didn't know there'd be so much confusion, even though everyone in the world was saying Nintendo. There's three. I know, since it was unveiled. We were confused when it was unveiled. We Before thought, the console was unveiled. I know. We were like, what is it? Because it's like, it's the Wii U tablet. And we're like, where's the console? Is it for Are the Are there Wii? market research people, like, not finding out They're asleep people? at the wheel, apparently. I don't know. But, um, but they're finally getting it together. This is the first time they've actually said it's a directly separate system. I mean, they up till now, they've been using, like, if you look at their booklets and if you look at their, like, promo stuff it's always been like a revolutionary new system from nintendo so they've been like kind of hinting guys it's it's different it's really not a wii but now they're outright saying it's not a wii shut up so hopefully hopefully it works i mean it needs to work and hopefully they keep i mean they're advertising as as heavy as reggie says they're going to in 2014 they better keep hammering this point home in every single ad it better not just be hey check out donkey kong tropical freeze for the wii u hey check out donkey kong tropical freeze for the all-new wii u console the successor of the wii like, they just need to keep hammering that home, even if it comes off as, like, patronizing. Like, whatever it takes. But, um... And going... You know, actually, one more thought. Going hand-in-hand, hand, kind of, with all that family-friendly stuff is Nintendo... I don't know if you noticed this year, but Nintendo's really big on value. How val... Like, how all their systems are... It's a value. The 2DS is a value. The Wii U has a price drop. Look how much of a value it is. You get two games with it. Like, they're really... Like, they're really trying to position it. Because family-friendly and affordable always go hand-in-hand. Because hand, parents don't want to spend too much for their... You know... They want to treat their kids, but they don't want to have to spend an arm and a leg to do it. Yep. Unless they're like rich kids of Instagram or one of those things where it's like they have champagne balls as tall as themselves and they're drinking them at age eight. But, but uh, so like going with that value thing, um, it's probably worth mentioning at Nintendo's Holiday Mall tour booth. I forgot to mention this in the extra, but for the Holiday Mall experience, they don't. They have signs everywhere talking about values. They have like two giant deal of the week boards that they can stick deals on each week. They have, um, where they show the Wii U inf- system information, they have the old price with a huge slash through it, and then, like, now, two ninety nine, two 2DS is listed as the value option of the 3DS family. Not as, like, the, you know, not anything else. It's literally the value. It's like, uh, for the gamer, I, yeah, for the gamers, the XL, for the three, for the introduction to 3Ds, the normal, and value is the 2D. So all yes. reviewers are kind of putting it like, oh, it's for the beginning on a budget. Yeah, for the 2DS. It's, it's smart. Nintendo's saying, look, we have something for <laughs> Only get the 3DS if you have to, otherwise go yeah. for the XL. Yeah, pretty much. Nintendo's de-emphasizing the 3DS like crazy. Like I got why they release a bundle for it recently? Because it's still it's still a mid-range price. Oh. But I got their uh, at the Holiday Mall tour. They had a booklet, Holiday Gift Guide. I was flipping through it this afternoon, and yeah, like a week after I got it, I'm slow with flipping through things, and um. When you get to the 3DS section, it's like, the XL, like, this is the best one. And then you turn the page, it's like, the 3DS. For those who want introduction to the 3D gaming experience, that's a slightly cheaper price. Or something like that. Like, they're really making it, like, this odd stepchild of the XL. Like, they, they, I don't remember the exact wording, but they're basically like, yeah, this is not the best option, but it's good. Which I thought was interesting. But yeah, what you're saying about bundles is another way they're emphasizing value. Is like, if you looked at Black Friday over the past week... They had, Nintendo had so many deals, and they were all clearly sanctioned. You know, it's not companies doing liquidations. This was Nintendo sanctioning. We want you have this deal, you have that deal. Like they were tweeting all of them. They were, they were the masterminds behind these price drops. It wasn't Walmart losing money. It was Nintendo sucking it up and selling it for cheaper. So I mean, they had all sorts of deals. You could get a 3DS XL for 150 bucks at Target on Friday, last Friday. Oh, you could get a 2DS for 99 dollars at Walmart. They had a Best Buy bundle mm-hmm. with the Wii U where you got a third. You got Mario 3D World. Was it Mario 3D World? No. You got two extra Wiimotes with the bundle for $20. With the deluxe set Mario deluxe set for $20 more. I mean, Tal was really emphasizing we're the most valuable option. Like, in a time where there's $400 consoles and $500 consoles, you might want to look at our $300 console that comes with all this other stuff. 
No, 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 no. Have a year's worth of library. Thing. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's another thing is it now actually has games. as has a year's worth of games. So anyone that's jumping in now actually has a pretty It's a small selection, but it's a varied selection. So, and I mean, they're still doing more bundles, by the way. They're not done. Tomorrow, December 2nd, day after this goes live, uh, they're, doing, they're releasing a Nintendo Land bundle now. For 60 bucks, you can get Nintendo Land and a Luigi-themed Wii, Wii Remote. Oh, That's a savings of only like 5 or 10 bucks, I think, but... I wish the Wii could support up to 8 players. Then I so could just keep buying all these Wii Remotes. You can get them just as collectibles. No. It's not worth it at that price. And they need to be displayed around at all times. Then right. I don't Put them on a shelf. Mm. Put them right here. No one can see what I'm pointing to. Just what? everyone look to your left. <laughs> you look, look to your left and go, does a Wiimote fit there? And if it does, that's what I'm telling Jose. If it doesn't, look to your right. Does a Wiimote fit that's there? That's right. for uh, more books. <laughs> oh, all right. Fair enough. But, um, yeah. No, the thing I don't get about this Wiimote bundle is what took Nintendo so long. Nintendo Land was clearly supposed to be, like, the Wii Play of sorts. Especially of the Wii, Wii U launch. Plus, like people, even people that had Wii still couldn't play multiplayer yeah. with Metroid. So. Yeah, you need or Wii Remote Plus. Like, this game was designed to but be But you could with Mario. Yeah. Yeah, that was confusing. That half the games work without a Plus, but half of them require it. But no, the, the thing I was going to say, it's like, this game was designed for a Wii Remote bundle. Like, it makes perfect sense. And then it took Nintendo literally 12 months to do it. I just don't understand that. Also, why is Nintendo Land not listed on the eShop anymore? Or is it back? It was gone for a while. Was it ever listed? Yeah, it was there for a while. And then when they dropped the price of it, they took it off, and now it has a bundle. Because hmm. you can get it individually for 30 bucks, Or you can get with the Wiimote for 60 A savings of $10, I believe. But, um, yeah, this this is the game that was supposed to come out with the Wiimote, so it makes sense that Nintendo's finally actually doing it. Um, and I, I have to say, all of this, like, all this marketing they're doing is actually starting to have a positive effect on Nintendo. Even before the sales numbers come in, it's having a positive effect. Their stock is actually going up. Thanks, you know, between the values and the fact that they're getting really strong review scores of Zelda and Mario, their stock actually hit a three-year high, sorry, three-month high the other day. It rose 4.9%, which, you know, it's nowhere near the glory of the Wii days, but any sort of gain's a good sign for Nintendo given their recent struggles. So, it's, you know, it's definitely good. And it's partly because, not just of what is expected to happen, but what has happened. I mean, if you look at, like, Pokemon, for example, its sales are through the roof. In the uh, here in the U.S. alone, X and Y managed to already sell two million copies since it came out in early August. That's pretty good. One million of those copies were in the first day alone. That one Nintendo released that video like one in five people have yeah, Pokemon. Exactly, one in five people have Pokemon. It's been tweeted about two million times since it came out. Two wow. million tweets. It's already the fastest selling 3DS game because it sold a million in one day. Like I said, uh, Mario Kart Seven is, was the fastest selling. It took a month to sell a million, but then. This obviously shattered that, and it totally shattered 3D Land's record of six weeks, or secondary record, second runner-up record of six weeks. So this is, those are the best, those are top two selling DS, 3DS games, and Pokemon destroyed them. Well, I mean, so. it's not, I mean, it's Pokemon. I mean, it makes sense, it makes total sense. It's yeah, just, it like, sales like this, and it passed 3 million. I guess it's nice to see that it kept the trend. Yeah, and it passed 3 million in Japan just recently, so like. This is what's helping Nintendo stock. It's a mix of they're getting excellent reviews, they have all these budget deals, and now they have games selling. And not just first-party games. Monster Hunter 4 is doing super well It's a th you know in Japan. It's also a 3DS exclusive. And it's been out since sometime in September, and since then it managed to sell 3 million units in Japan alone. Bring it over! And they will. Give it time. But the, the thing that's crazy about the 3 million, both for Pokemon and Monster Hunter, is Japan has a much smaller population. So literally every citizen has one. <laughs> yeah, no, like two times over. No, it's it's a much smaller population, so hitting three million is a much bigger deal. I mean, 
Capcom's excited about the fact that they're selling 40,000 copies a week still, two months later. Uh, or, yeah, two and a half months later, which is impressive. And they expect it to go up as the holidays approach. So, like, this game is doing super well. And this is one of those rare times that a third-party game that is actually meshing with the Nintendo audience. Like, they need to do this in the West. We've talked about this in one of our recent episodes as well. But, like, the Japanese third-party deals they have are great. They have Monster Hunter, they have Dragon Quest. But here funny, in the West, Monster Hunter did not feel like a Nintendo game because they've been on it for a while. Yeah. And then the DLC costumes kind of made it feel more Nintendo. Oh, yeah, totally. Which they still haven't fully released in Japan. I think really? the Zelda one's not out. Oh. Lynx isn't out yet. Mario and Luigi can get 7-Eleven. I think yep, the cats, that right. I think the cats feel very Nintendo-ish. Yeah, they do. They totally do. But it's just like, you know, success stories like Monster Hunter really help to solidify that Nintendo's doing something right on some level. <laughs> yeah. At least with some third parties. So... Hopefully, you know, hopefully sales continue to grow and Nintendo stock continues to rise, because otherwise, I don't know how they're going to hit that 100 billion yen goal of Iwata's, because that has to happen by March. So they need an excellent holiday season. So we'll see. Um, before we get to our game impressions, one last tidbit of news is there are two app updates worth mentioning and sharing some thoughts on. First up, YouTube. Uh, the update's now live on Wii U, and it just launched on 3DS. It's basically what they promised. Uh, I messed with them yesterday. I, mean, I, also with I still don't really like it. Yeah, it's still kind of clunky. Like, I don't like the met- I don't like the Windows 8 style Metro interface. Yeah, like I don't like that it can just look through. I don't it's know. clunky. One awesome feature, though. Well, first of all, it's cool that the 3DS you can now watch on the screen or on the t- on the gamepad screen or on the TV. Finally, and it's cool down the 3DS you can have the top screen watching while the bottom screen browses. That's great, but. The cool thing, like, that's all, like, that should be how it should work. Like, that's not, you know, it's great, but it's not like, oh, wow, they're so creative. That's how it should have been from the start. The cool thing, though, is you can now interconnect all your YouTube apps. So, like, you can be using the 3DS app and tell it, show it on the Wii U. And if the Wii U app is open, it'll just start playing on the Wii U. It'll jump straight to the video. Yeah, I did it with my iPhone as well. You can literally, on the phone, you just, you pair the apps, and then at any time, you can browse on your phone, hit wii u and it'll just start playing on the wii u and it works almost instantly i tried it with the 3ds i tried it with the wii u and it was pretty seamless it was pretty awesome it's it easy to pair yeah you just you uh it takes you it tells you to go to youtube.com slash pair it gives you a six digit or nine digit code enter it and you're paired that's different from it's where... the same way as activating like Net- netflix or amazon oh, okay, wait, video. but it's different than the actual activation right because when it's it first different. Turned on, oh, okay. activation lets you enable your account pair lets you let them cross talk so it takes a little step, but when it works, it's so cool. Because like you can literally just like keep switching the video between the yeah, three like, different screens. Because I don't, I still don't really like looking for a video on the Wii U app. I feel like I would want, I'd rather look for the videos on the phone and then. Yeah, because honestly, the 3DS uh, video browsing experience is pretty basic too. It's using a mobile template of some sort. I feel like. Mm. I think the phone has the best experience, and then you can just stream it to whatever device you want. Or the browser. Or the yeah, or the Wii U browser, but you can't pair that with the app uh, for obvious. Yeah, reasons. but at that point, you don't need to. Right. The, yeah. That one's Obviously. It's still the best one. Yeah, but no, I just think that that pairing thing's so cool. I didn't know they were going to do that. Because, like, yeah, I knew, like, Android devices obviously can do that. But I didn't think that they'd hook it into third-party devices from Nintendo specifically. So that was cool. That I just wanted to highlight that. I thought that was cool. The other thing worth mentioning is Miiverse. Good old Miiverse. In preparation for the 3DS Miiverse launching sometime this month, uh, Nintendo has made some changes. Why did I say it like that? Like, oh, who else would it be? 
Well, in preparation for Miiverse, guys, <laughs> Microsoft, Microsoft made some changes to Miiverse, you guys, just just in preparation. And Sony helped, too. No, but Nintendo made some preparation. I was trying to do my newscaster voice, I think, is what that was. But Nintendo made some changes to the Wii U version. It allows for some better sorting in preparation, because there's going to be an onslaught of 3DS communities. When this goes live, whenever this month, we're going to get, like, 25, 30 new communities of 3DS games, at least, I'd imagine. So... This kind of will alleviate that, because what they did is uh, there's now multiple columns of community listings on the main screen on the Wii U, not on the website, only on the Wii U version. And there's a spotlight of selected communities, so new games will probably be spotlighted going forward. And most importantly, there are filters. So you can choose, do you want to use only, view only Wii U games? Do you want to view only 3DS games once they go live? Do you want to view only virtual console, only special communities like the Animal Crossing community or the Zelda series community or the your Luigi community? Like, all of that. You can now jump directly to. You don't have to scroll through one giant list. And honestly, I didn't think that'd be a big deal. But then when I was just poking around with it, it was so much quicker to find things. There are communities I forgot were there, and I'm like, oh yeah, they have a year Luigi community. Like I completely forgot that existed. Yeah, I actually forgot that existed. You mentioned it just now. Yeah, it's like you don't notice it, but the, these sorting options make it so convenient. Like I can see myself actually starting to browse these a lot more. And another reason I can see myself starting to browse these a lot more is because Nintendo finally, finally got rid of the total number of yas that your account has received. You know how they used to list on your profile page? This account got like 300 yas. Yeah, people could stop. Yeah, yeah this means that. people won't be spamming up. Yeah, this post if you think blah, blah, blah. Or, I need more yas. Can I hit 3,000 yas? Hey, can you yeah me? Like, we're still going to get the annoying ones where it's like, be my friend. Let's we, let's we chat. But, or we you chat. But, which is really weird. Who wants to talk to random people? But, like that. But, um, yeah, the, the yas spam will stop. No pun intended there when I said, yeah, the Yaz fan will stop. But, yeah, it will. God, and you stop saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, the Yaz fan will stop. So, that's, I'm very happy about that. And they still let you have the Yaz account per post. So, you can still see if people resonate with what you're saying. But you're not going to have obnoxious, like... Total. Totals. Yeah. I mean, imagine if Facebook was, like... Oh, my God. Or imagine Twitter... Are you talking how many likes you got? Yeah, imagine if Twitter kept track of every retweet you've ever gotten and people... And everything would be like, RT, if you agree, at the end, gets so annoying. So I'm glad they're fixing that. And I'm also... This just gets me more excited for the 3DS app. Because, like, even little things, like, when you're on the home screen, if you look at Wii U communities, like, it says Wii U and it has, like, a blue color... You know, like, Wii U blue branding now. I imagine everything will be red for 3DS. It's, it's going to be cool. It's going to feel like a very more... It's going to be a much more cohesive Nintendo social mm-hmm. network. And I actually think one of the things I'm most excited mm-hmm. about now that I think about it, it didn't even occur to me at the time, but this is basically as close as we're going to get to the old Nintendo.com forums. I used to frequent those all the time. I was a moderator there. I was a sage there. So it's cool that, like, it's obviously not quite as close-knit and it doesn't have as many features, but it is the closest we're going to get to having all the Nintendo franchises and conversations under one roof again. So, now that I think about it, I didn't even think of that until just now. That's actually kind of cool. I'm, I'm more excited now than I was. Well, so, yeah, that's that's Meverse. That's YouTube. That's news. Uh, games. Games, games, games. Two games in particular. Mario 3D World. And Edge. Uh, Mario 3D World is what the episode is named after. It's a wonderful pun of a title. So that's probably the one we should discuss first with our impressions. And of course, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we'll also be discussing, you know, is this the game that could save the Wii U? So stick through all those impressions for a bit of a conversation on that too. And don't forget to not stop listening. Don't stop listening yet. You need to know if you won. You need to know if you won $20 of eShop credit. So stay around, stick around to the end. Um, so yeah, Mario. Uh, should I... Do you have anything you want to say right at the top, or should I just go through my thoughts mm. and you chime in? 
I met my my, my my Bowser quota. I don't know what else to say. Met your Bowser quota? <laughs> Good yeah. final fight? Yeah. Yeah, you actually beat it. Just for just to clarify for people so they know what, like, Jose fully beat it. He played more multiplayer. I did, I'm doing more single player. I'm trying to I, I played the entire game. But you kind of ran through it though, right? No, we... No, but I mean, like, you did You did all the levels, but you didn't stop for every green star, every stamp, every gold flag, right? We did, we you went back to the... But after you beat it. I don't know. It depends. Because like with me, at some level, we always tried to get them. But um, if we we didn't really try to spend too much time, because we had four people. All right, you played multiplayer. I played the entire game from beginning to end with, with four people. Mm-hmm. After the at the last end game, I was just playing it with my brother, and then um, we just went back and just did any level that we might have right. not gotten every single. So song. you 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 basically ran through to get to the end at the beginning. Oh, well, not ran through, but you just went. You're like, let's get to the end, and just went. Because, like, the way I'm, like, compared to how I'm doing it. What I'm doing, which is actually causing me to go slower, because you beat the game, I'm in World 4. How I'm doing it is I, every single level, I'm like, I need to get all three stars, I need to get the stamp, I need to get but the gold flag. Thing, though, so I keep, people, I it just... It didn't even take long, because, like, sometimes, like, someone would find a star that was, like, that would be considered right. really oh, well I hidden. Oh, that's fine. I'm playing single player. Because, I mean... I'm playing single like, player. Like, sometimes people found stars that could be considered really well hidden, but they weren't even trying to find them. They just right. went off some random path. They're like, oh, you found them. Cool. So... Yeah. Like, okay, so I guess we actually because we have up to like level six with all stars completed, all flag pulled, right. all everything. So you let me rephrase. It just you guys just went and people just happened to yeah. It just kind of well, I'm out, playing actually. solo and have to meticulously go. Is it here? Yeah. Is it there? So that's why I'm behind. It's kind of funny. But... Some people there was just one comment that I just thought was funny yesterday when we were playing the final boss. No uh, spoilers. I, no, no spoilers. After we beat it, um, my friend said like, "Well, that was really easy." But it's four of you. <laughs> yeah, no, but he told us that we realized that he was in the bubble most of the time. <laughs> wow. But, of course it was easy. He wasn't <laughs> doing anything. No, I thought that was funny. But yeah, I've been playing single player. I uh, I played a little multiplayer of World 1, but I haven't like done a lot of multiplayer. So I think it's actually an interesting contrast, me talking about single player and you talk about the multiplayer experience. Because they are different. It's the same, because the, the great thing about the game for why I played a multiplayer is all the levels work pretty much perfectly as a single player level and as a multiplayer level. Like, they're designed... Either way, like you don't uh, lose. I some feel of like the later levels, I feel don't aren't really. Oh really? Friendly. Really? Because yeah. the earlier ones, for sure. Because it's like you're you're really fighting for real estate. <laughs> oh okay. Those. Yeah, because like it's single. The same player. problem with um, New Super Mario Brothers. You. You we. We or you or both. Both. Both, both console ones. Yeah. Yeah, little space, a lot of stuff flying everywhere, jumping on each other trying to run you accidentally grab someone because you're trying to run yeah, running and grabbing someone's the same thing yeah and there's a lot of times where you're standing on one platform and everyone's like so close to each other the moment you jump off i always play mario games always holding the run button at all times mm-hmm. so there's been times where i'll grab someone and throw them off the stage accidentally and i don't know if it's for better or worse but they took off the option of bubbling yourself that means like turning yourself into a bubble yeah. to save yourself yeah you can only bubble yourself when you're touching the ground. So if you're in the air, you can't bubble yourself. That's annoying because, quite frankly, I didn't notice that. But quite frankly, with Mario U and Mario Wii, the size-growing ones, uh-huh. that bubble technique was super handy. Like if a friend or me were like about to die, we jump. You know, we bubble in midair right before we die and say, "Okay, just unpop me. Like, be, get to the next plateau, unpop me when we get there." Yeah, like before, like it's if, a really good strategy. Like before, if we didn't have like a set item to grab a specific star coin in the other New Super Mario yeah. Brothers games. One of us would, like, jump off, like, sacrifice ourselves to grab the coin and then bubble ourselves to safety. Mm-hmm. But in this one, like, you can't bubble ourselves. And it isn't that hard to die if you're playing with two people. But um, with four people, i say, like, 80% of our deaths were just because people were throwing each other off. Right, right. So and it is a different So it became a problem. Yeah. Not an annoying problem. It was still really fun. And that just added to more laughs and, like... Right, of course. Stuff. I will say, though, that, like, of all Mario games... 
going looking at the single player experience at least, I would say that this one, like three D World, and I guess to a lesser extent three D Land, really feels like the most like take an old school Mario game and make it three D. You know what I mean? Like Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy, Mario sixty four, all those were good games. Very good games. Excellent games. I love Mario Galaxy. I love 64. But they were more exploration-based. You had to go find the stars. It wasn't like you go from point A to point B. This one... I feel like some it, of give you a lot of exploration. It does to some extent. But, Somewhere. I mean, once again, I'm, only, as, I'm only up to World 4. But I, my, the vibe I'm getting is this is like if you took... Because Mario Galaxy, like, if I don't know if I remember it, but, like, a lot of the games are really, like, small. Like, it would just go from point A to point B. It was almost exactly like this. The only difference was that you were not... Rotating along the True. track. I guess I just feel like I guess maybe it's just because I mean it's just, you're just it's just floating platforms like yeah everything is just so blocky here that maybe yeah maybe it's just the blockiness and the fact that there's a flagpole. Honestly, I think it's the camera angle that makes it feel less like a the isometric game. angle. Yeah, if yeah. You, like there's a level where you could kind of put the the camera directly behind Mario, like angle it down and mm-hmm. behind them, and it, and, like and, and it looks almost yeah it looks like Galaxy. It's like interesting. Oh. Like the controls even feel exactly the same. So like oh it's really just well the you have a run button. That's the major difference between the exploration yeah, Mario have... and this one is you have a run button, oh, like yeah. the 2D ones, I mean, which I, I like how there's three tiers of movement now. There's walk, I mean, I don't know what the run, reason was. Run, run. <laughs> and I guess just because, um, I guess they expected people that never played a 3D one to have it. They want, okay, Yeah, that's what this, this is supposed to be a hybrid of the two. Yeah, and especially now that, I mean, now that it's on the Wii U, I mean, some people are going to be playing with Wiimotes most likely, and since mm-hmm. they have a D-pad, you can't gradually press a D-pad. It's yeah. just one... Yeah, no, I think the run button's fine. I have no complaints with it. No, but, but no, I just feel... I think it's... Yeah, it's probably the mix of the run button, the flagpoles, and just the general geometry of the levels. But it really does feel like they took... The only thing they, you can really do like they took is a Mario. jump. You could do yeah. everything else, pretty much. Yeah, you could do a, a forward leap, but you can't do... You, it. Could, you do, could do it sort of a triple jump. If you hold down um, the crouch button for a while, he'll, like, charge up, and then you can jump about the height of a triple jump, but you can't, like, gain yeah, the momentum. No, yeah, but you could have always jump. done them before, like, a backflip from crouching oh, to forward backflip. He just does a super high jump. No, yeah, it's a backflip. Oh, is it? I mean, yeah. it is. Also, when you ground pounce, you ricochets now. Oh, yeah, if you jump. Yeah. Right after. But, know, um... So many nice little maneuvers. You could even, like, while you're running, you could crouch, then yeah. run against, you could do a cartwheel, and then yep. jump against, you could do a somersault jumping cartwheel. Yeah, no, there's some cool maneuvers, for sure. And I really like, like, they have little touches, like, you can do the handstand at the top of the trees, like, 64. Oh, Mario right. 64. I don't remember that being in land. If you blow on the mic, all the trees move. Yeah, and all the, like, little wispy things pop off the flowers. Yeah. But did you notice you could blow the baby Goombas off platforms completely? I know they advertised it in the trailer, but I never oh, did. They? I but, but I never did but, it. But no, what I was going to say, though, is like, if you take into account... This really feels like a hybrid of all Mario games. Even with little things like, oh, you can handstand on the tree again. But like, it really does... What I was starting to say is it's as if they took a 2D Mario, tilted it 90 degrees into the screen, somewhat, sometimes, 70 degrees, because sometimes it's going sideways... And then just piled on some of the stuff from Galaxy. It's like, all right, here you go. This is like a little of everything. And I, I, I mean, on one hand, yeah, I feel like an old school Mario. But then they had the creativity, at least to me, and the level variety of a Galaxy game. Like, there's so many things that they introduced for only a level, a couple levels, and then this, you never see it again. Is there another silhouette level? I've only played the one in the first world. Mm. That's it, right? That's that's it. No, there's, there's a second one. Kind of. So they use it twice. In out of eighty levels, they use one feature twice. Yeah. That's like that's a pretty good hit rate. And if you play like um, the ice skate that you get in the ice world, I don't even know how much you I don't use that much. Like spoiling. Well, you don't need to say. Just say if it comes back a couple times or not. Yeah, just like once. Yeah, but like there's so many games that if they introduce a mechanic, they make sure to keep using it over and over and over. So it's really cool, and that's something that's great about the Galaxy games to me, is they'll introduce the thing. 
you only use that thing once or twice, and that's it. So it's great that this continues that, because it makes for more variety, it's more interesting, it just keeps things fresh. I mean, even things like, oh, now you have a soccer ball, now you have a baseball, now you, you know, now you're in an ice, now you're in an ice skating boot shoe. Like, just random little things that are only there. By the way, the ice skating shoe is a nice throwback to the shoe from Mario 3. Yeah, the Karibo shoe. Yeah. So, and there's, and that's another thing, is there's so many great throwbacks. Like, so many. I mean, there was, uh, I'm trying to think. There was one in particular that really resonated with you? Yeah, what was it? Oh, yeah. There was one, it was in one of the boo houses, and... Oh, the paintings? Yes. I was like, okay, so that's one of the other great things about the game, is it really rewards you for just trying whatever. Like, and this kind of ties into new power-ups. Like, when you're Cat Mario, they anticipate you being Cat Mario, and pretty much anything you can scale will reward you for scaling. Whether it's coins that just appear, an item, or even a green star. Wherever you go as Cat Mario, you will get something as a reward. Like, they anticipate literally everything you can do and give you an alternate thing. You know, they give you a way to do it. And what I was going to say about the painting is the fan service of that's amazing, but also, like, so there's a painting on the wall of the boo, of the first Boo house. It's of a Boo. I went, I thought, I stopped in front of him, like, I wonder, they brought back the handstand. Did they bring back jumping into paintings from Mario 64? And I was like, let's see. I jumped. Sure enough, you can jump through the painting and there's a room behind it. And I was like, okay, that's super cool. Like, you know, that's only something that the 64 fan, the guys that played 60, and gals that played 64 will know to try. But it's cool that they're like, hey, there's going to be some people that are going to be like, a painting, I'm going to jump through it. Let's let's do it. Like, just stuff like that's so cool. And like, reward, you know, rewarding those... Uh, rewarding that, not experimentation, but I guess rewarding that, like, experimenting nostalgia. with the level. Not even nostalgia, but it's just, like, rewarding the fact that some fans are going to try other things from other Mario games and having that fan service ready to go. Like, anticipating, oh, if there's a painting, they'll think Mario 64. If there's a tree, they'll think Handstand. I know I keep referencing that so one. So you'll get but... more out of this game if you've played... I want to say you get more out of it, because even if it's well, your first... Yeah, well... yeah, to some extent. But if it's your first time playing and you jump through a painting, you'll be like, oh, that's kind of neat. But yeah, there's an extra little intrinsic yeah, so you do get thing. More out of it. Yeah, you're right. But, and the power-ups, like, there's a nice variety of power-ups. Cat Mario's really cool. I wasn't sure what to, if I would end up liking Cat Mario, because it seemed like kind of a cheap way to skip parts of levels. But they balance the things you can only access with Cat Mario yeah, very well. Yeah, it's not too overpowering. Not at all. They have a lot of things that when you climb up to some, even if you do try and skip over a level, it'll take you some alternate path, and then you get something else, like I was saying. So that kind of, that kind of helps. And they're, and like, the double cherry's really fun. It gets really hectic when you get through I imagine for four players, since you probably played with the double cherry, how many people do you have on screen at a given moment? Four. Four times four? You have 16? Oh, no. Only the person grabbing the double cherry. No, I know, but let's say everyone got a double cherry. And then another one. Well, there's never that many double cherries. Oh, okay. There's always like four double cherries I had per level. Five or six Marios at one point. So that, means there, would, so that means there would only be nine total. Right. Because there isn't enough for everybody. It's really much. fun, but nearly impossible to control. I mean, it controls well. In the sense that if you know what you're doing, but it's just like there's Mario's everywhere and you don't know where you're going, and it's actually really fun. And then like they just did a really good job balancing powers. I didn't even know the Tanuki suit was in this until I got it in World Three, and I'm like, oh, oh hey. really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I had no idea it was back. I thought they replaced it with the cat suit, and I was like, oh, hey, Tanuki suit, okay. But they they basically threw every imaginable power up from every recent Mario game. You had the Mega Mushroom, you had the propeller block, you have that new cannon block where you can shoot cannonballs off your head. You have a uh, Tanuki suit. Um, no acorn suit. No. There's no acorn. acorn. That's true. So I guess not everyone. No penguin suit. Okay, so not all of them. But... No ice flower All right, I, I got it. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No other ice Mario that's not exactly ice. But still, there, but there's still like 10 different power-ups or so, isn't there? Something like that? 
There's a lot. Kind of. There's some doubles. Like, there's a better version of another power-up later in the game. Right. I'm, I've heard about that, yeah. But, yeah, it's if just... If you play 3 you'll know exactly what it is and what it'll do. Just yeah. by guessing it. And they also brought back, so you get power-ups, they also brought back the white Tanuki suit. So if you're struggling in the game, you can basically have invincibility. So it's nice that they're trying to... I don't know. Make it easy. It's not nice for it's us. Like, I like, hate... Like, I never would use it's it. It's like rewarding people for losing. No, it's giving people that aren't necessarily as familiar with Mario... They're rewarding them for losing. No, it's... Well, rewarding yes, them for losing. But it's giving people that aren't good at Mario a chance to progress through the game instead of getting frustrated and quitting. Especially because, as you mentioned, or we talked about the isometric view, but we didn't talk about its major downside, which is timing of, like, positioning jumps is... There have been multiple times I thought I but landed I mean, a jump someone... and I hit an enemy instead of hitting on top of an enemy, or I fall off a platform. Like, there's been a handful of those. Only a handful. But for people that aren't that experienced as gamers, they're getting a Wii U, you know, the more casual audience that they're advertising this thing to, it's helpful to have that white Tanuki suit, uh, just in case. Everyone started somewhere... But here's the thing, no one's telling you you have to use it. Why does it hurt, why is it, why do you care if little five-year-old Timmy wants to use the white Tanuki suit and just have fun running through the level without getting hurt? Uh, well, I guess if it's five-year-old Timmy... Or 25-year-old no, Johnny who, 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 who never played have, a video game. Who have no relation to, then I wouldn't care, but if it was someone I knew... Well, yeah, I that's different, because you know a bunch of gamers, and they know you're a gamer, so they can understand why you take offense. I'm saying for people oh. that aren't as familiar with video games. Like, it's one of those, what's nice about it is it's not hand-holding... It's there if you need it, but Nintendo doesn't force you to go through a tutorial. That's what's brilliant about the suit. And about those old, uh, where they, what game was it that they let, it played itself for you? Was it 3D Land? It was New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Right, where it could literally play itself. Like, even that sort of stuff, that's great. Cause, like, Donkey you, Kong did Yeah, it. yeah, it did something similar. It's like, if you need the help, it's there. If you don't, you don't. But, like, it's just like they took a bunch of really good ideas and crammed them into 3D world, be it the powers, be it the Tanuki suit, be it the level design. It's just a it's just a really solid product, and I love the Miiverse integration. I don't know, did you play with that very much? I ignored the Miiverse completely. Well, on the surface, it's basically an improvement of what Mario New Super Mario Brothers U had, where you can post a message from anywhere. There's Mii's around the map, and you walk up to them, they show you a message. But they made it actually logical this time. In the past, it'd be like every three levels, they'd be like, "Post a message about this. Do it now." Or like, "Hey, did you think of doing this? Oh, hey, you should post now." And she's like, "Shut up! I'll post when I want to post." Like, remember, it'd be like, "Write in a rhyme what you thought of this level." And it's like, no, no. But now there's just a handy post button on the top of the screen at all times when you're not in a level, and it has a ticker of the latest post, not weird pop-ups of the same three posts over and over again like Nintendo Land. It's actually a ticker along the top. And when you're on the main map, you just walk up to me, and there's the post that pops up. You don't have to, like... Actually, that's just how it wasn't you, but it's very simple. So that's all fine and dandy. The cool thing to me about the Miiverse stuff is two different things. One, stamps, and two, ghost Mies. So first, stamps. Uh, we talked about what they are. Basically, find one in each level. That's it. You unlock the stamp. You can use it in the future. But what's clever about it is it's basically an achievement system from, like, Xbox or a trophy system from PlayStation without the force feeding of it. If you want to brag, check it out, I found this hard-to-find stamp, you post a picture with the stamp and everyone knows, oh, that's that hard-to-find stamp. The people that care will know. If you don't care, just don't post it. You don't have to force it, you know, you don't have to force everyone to see your achievement. It's like, you choose to brag about what you want to brag about, but they show you exactly what you're bragging about. It's an achievement that you're, it's an optional achievement. It's an optional achievement sharing feature. Because, you know, anyone... It's definitely more subtle than the stamp system from Wii Sports. Yeah, it's not a stamp. It's not like a... Because you couldn't really share those in any way. Yeah. So, yeah, like, with this one, it's like, okay, you can get artsy and have fun. You can erase and edit any part of the stamp and make your own masterpiece. Or do lame puns like I did where I put some pictures of some coins and Mario running and I called it Coinstar. Like the, like the vending machine. 
Okay, it was Mario was a star collecting the coin. Anyway, uh, point being, so like you could do that and be boring, but if I got a really cool stamp that's really hard to find, apparently, from what I've heard, the last five in the game are like hard to find. So like if I was able to do a cool picture with those stamps, I'd be like, check it out, I got the really hard stamps, and look at my cool picture. Like I think that's way more interesting in a way than just having my achievement pop up on someone else's feed of what their friends are doing and be like, Jason got three. 3600 gamer points doing this it's like that's great okay but this one's like you can respond to it you can get creative with it like it, it just seems more uh interact more gamish more interactive it's not just a status update so i think that's cool the other thing though and this might actually be the coolest of me verse in my opinion is ghost me's because it's so seamless so how it works when you be a level and you go back to it starting in world you have to unlock it to start world two but then it retroactively goes to world one but um once you be a level fully or not fully, just run through it. Other players' ghost data will download onto your system. Or not download, but will display when you're running. And there, there'll be normal me's. They won't be transparent. They'll be normal me's just wearing little silly ghost dress outfit things. And they'll be running around and doing their own thing, exactly how those people played that level at that time. But what's cool about it is your ghost data is uploading to Miiverse and, or Nintendo Network, and other people's is downloading from Nintendo Network seamlessly. You don't have to do anything. They just appear. It's just interconnected. It's just perfectly meshed. There's nothing you need to do except turn the feature on. And that just strikes me as really cool. Like, even Mario Kart, you have to download individual ghosts. Like, you'll say, there's, like, Mario Kart Wii, remember, you be like, there's new ghost data, do you want to download it? Or Mario Kart 7 does it, too, and you'll be like, yes. This, it just seamlessly does it, because the system's pretty much always connected, especially if you use standby mode with Spot Pass, it will just constantly be downloading new ghosts. And the potential for that is huge, because if they do developers or something down the road, like, if you can, like, do a speed, if you can, like, practice speed run by running next to the, the director of the game, and like mastering that and doing a cool speed run and getting a high score and posting a screenshot to Beavers, that's cool. Like the the potential for this is huge. That's so really cool. I, didn't I actually get, I didn't experience any of that, but well, I'm not saying the developers are there. I'm no, no, saying, no, no, no. I mean, like, oh, the ghosts in general. Ghost yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's actually really cool. And there's up to three me's at any one time because we, we were playing with four people. So right, so they, they wouldn't be there. Yeah. yeah, but if you play solo, you get up to three me's. Wow. So it's actually kind of cool because. Uh, it's as if you're playing multiplayer. It's just they don't have any effect on what you're doing. I guess that's another way to find those stars or stuff that you can find. Exactly. You can watch the ghosts. Yeah, it's it's really a clever system. And it's funny because there obviously are times that you'll get... You'll go back to a level before it uploads or downloads a me for it because like, you just beat it and you go straight back. There was one time I had a ghost of myself. It was actually funny how slow I... Like, I was watching myself and I was like speeding through the level and I kept looking back and being like, oh, wow, my me's way back there. It's just funny to see, like, once you know a level, how quickly you can go versus when you're exploring it the first time. But, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, those are my impressions of the gameplay, I guess. Is there anything you want to add about gameplay besides isometric? Did you have issues with isometric? Yeah, there are a lot of times where I would jump into, I would jump toward the platform and like, oh, wow, it turns out that platform was really closer to the foreground or way further back. Yeah, and even the camera tilting doesn't even directly help with that because you can only go left and right. You can't go forward or backward or up and down. Yeah, like in the heat of the moment, yeah, like just the position of some platforms that you just completely miss them, like, Mm -hmm. entirely. And it's not like... I mean, I don't overshoot them. I just, they're either further back or closer to the front. Right. And it was, it only happened maybe like four times. Yeah, so. I think it's only happened to me three times. And I'm, well, I mean, I'm only halfway through the game, but still. Yeah. And it also happened to like everyone else I was playing with, so. Yeah. No, it's a yeah. common thing. I've read, I've, I've seen tweets about it. I was like, oh, well, I guess the 3D would have helped maybe, but yeah. I don't know. Who would have thought that Nintendo, when they were like, hey, 3D lens, 3D is important. And we're like, yeah, right. Who would have thought they were serious? Yeah. <laughs> I did notice they up the sh- the detail of the character shadows. Like, it's literally the exact silhouette of the character from the bottom to try... Like, it's not just a little circle under them. It's, like, the actual silhouette of their foot and everything. I guess to try and give you a better sense of judgment, but still, it does have its issues. 
Yeah. It is worth mentioning, though. Um, is there anything else you want to add before I... No, that's pretty much it. Oh, I was just going to say, it is worth mentioning that... when I, was, I forgot to mention this when I talked about creativity of the game. But I think it's worth mentioning that... Um, even stuff... Like, they have the silhouette level, which we mentioned. And even that... Yeah, every platformer does a silhouette level now. It's kind of a standard thing. But even within that, they kind of had some fun with it and did unique things. Like, they had silhouettes, but then if you walk into the foreground... Oh, it's not a silhouette. It's a cardboard cutout. Or, you know, it's not an Emmy. It's a cardboard cutout. Like, they just kind of played with expectations, I guess. And I feel like Cat Mario did that a lot, too. Because, like, the expectation is you take path A to go somewhere, but instead you take path B and then climb up a flagpole, which you can never do before. Like, they're just messing with fans, in a way. Like, they're doing fan service, but they're doing it in a way that's kind of like, Oh, you thought this was going to happen in a Mario game? Ha <laughs> silly you. It's doing this. Like, it, there's a lot of that, I feel like. Oh. So, I, 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 I don't know. I just think... I think they did an awesome job. I think it has a lot of variety. It's really, really fun. And it looks... I guess we could switch over to the other key aspects of the game. Looking... The looking... Or graphics and music. The game looks gorgeous. Like, it looks amazing, I think. It... Like, the art style is perfect. The lighting is incredible. The water effects, like, on the Bowser stages. And then, like, the... Uh, well, the first Bowser stage, I should say, specifically... And, like, even, like, the water effect when you're playing the plus C levels, like, it's just, like, the water looks good. The lighting, I love in the rain, when you're walking in the rain and, like, the rain splashing on the screen is streaking down and, like, the light kind of reflects off the streaks in different directions and stuff. Like, you know, it looks kind of warped within the streaks. I concur. It looks so good. And it's actually funny because I started playing this on a 10-year-old plasma TV. 42-inch plasma. So it looked good. It was 1080i. It can't do 1080p. Was it being on component cables also? It was on component cables. It couldn't do 1080p because it did not have HDMI. It was that old. It predates HDMI. And it's like, okay, cool. The game looks fine. It looks nice. The graphics still look great. Like, you know, I still see all the cool lighting effects. Everything's, you know, the colors are a bit subdued. It's 1080i, but whatever. It looks great. Then on Black Friday, I got a 46-inch LED TV. And a nice new stand for it. And it's a long story. It took me a full 24 hours to put this thing together. But, like, yeah, it was a mess. Anyway. Played the game, you know, put the TV together, popped the game. First thing I did was like, all right, how's Mario look? Because I was like, that's my threshold for graphics now. It's the best looking game I own. So I put the disc in, let it boot. Oh my god, it looks so much better. It, I don't even know how that was possible. It's probably placebo to some extent, because I'm sure I'm like, ooh, new TV. But like, everything just popped. The color was much richer. Everything looked way sharper. Uh, granted, some of this is the TV, but it just made all the great graphics look that much better. And I was like, blown away all over again. Like, the game really looks great. I would argue, if, yes, PS4 and Xbox One, in terms of raw graphical power, are definitely more, you know, can definitely do more. But what Nintendo can do with art style definitely makes their first-party games, particularly stuff like Mario 3D World, totally comparable. Like, if you put a screenshot, of Mar- a, a certain screenshots, Mario 3D World, next to, say, Killzone, or one of those sorts of games, I would argue that they would hold up quite well, because of the art style. Like, yeah, they don't have as many polygons, but what they work, what they use, they use so well, and the lighting in particular is just spectacular. Like, it's it's a really good-looking game. So much bloom lighting. Yeah, they went crazy with the bloom lighting, but they did in Galaxy as well. So yeah. this is just upping it. Yeah, it's kind of funny, because there are times that Mario looks like he's literally radiating light. And it's like, why is he doing that? But And even just, like, little details, like the, the, um, the blocks that you hit, when you hit a question mark block, they have, like, a plastic plastic glossiness to them now after you hit them uh when you hit like the when you're in the underground stages and you hit just normal bricks they don't just shatter they like splinter into a million different directions and it's like these little purple sparklies which is another thing did you notice how much they play with particle effects 
Yeah, there's like little like really shiny. Yeah, well, not not just shininess, but just like little specks of stuff in the air. Like there's like when you blow on the little wispy things and they float into the air. Like there's little specks of yellow like light everywhere. Like in the carnival stages or confetti, yeah, or everything. The they just like playing with. Yeah. yeah, they really like playing with particle effects, and it looks really good. Like I, hands down, best looking Nintendo game ever. And of course, the music is also. I would argue the music actually, maybe not as amazing as the graphics, but certainly great. They they went for a jazz theme this time around and it worked really well. Like it fits really well. And they had a bit. They actually had a big band, like a big swing band. They actually had them come in and record parts and like all this. You know, it's all orchestrated, but it's with like jazz instruments. It's it's really good. I think. I mean, you're more of a video game music guy than I am. What, what were your thoughts? Was it how would it rate compared to like the Galaxy games, which I know you hold to a very high standard? Mm, not as good. Still good. Do you just like that the Galaxy games are more like cinematic because it was orchestral? And this is more just kind of like, hey, we're playing Mario. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to the jazz club. I think it was because um, the the game, the music in Super Mario 3D World, um, I don't know, kind of went more with the game. I would say yeah, than, the, gala- the, game than the Galaxy games. Yeah. But I think the music was just so different that I'm like, wow, this is music that you normally wouldn't hear with a game. Like, it was just so... It's so big band swing. Yeah, like, so symphonic and... No, I mean, the Galaxy ones. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, like, like, like those were, like, so symphonic and, like, Mario's, like, running around, but, like, it's, the music was, like, really slow by contrast then. Yeah. You know, it actually... But, but I don't know, I, I just liked it so much more. It was just so different and it... That's a, bigger, a bit, it that's a bigger impression on me. True. It does fit Galaxy to an extent, though, having the orchestral music, because, like, when you think of space, you think of, like, these big epic things. Yeah, it was just more and grand kind of and, that. yeah. Yeah. This was more... This was more like... It, it was more back then. There were a lot of more fun things that were just, like, really catchy and... Yeah, like it's it, very but, jazzy, for sure. Yeah, but there was still no... No Gusty Garden. In fact, like, Gusty Garden <laughs> comes back here, so it's like, well, wow, like, even Nintendo knows that, that they can't top that song, so they keep using it over and over and over again. Yeah came out like three times in Galaxy 2 and it's in this game like twice. It's a it's considered kind of a Mario song, classic now, isn't it? Like a music Mario music classic. Yeah, they didn't even they Everyone didn't, loves they, didn't it. they didn't even bother using their like their well I guess the original like Galaxy theme. Right. They just brought like Gusty Garden Galaxy and that's just Yeah. Just their best one, yeah, it's it's one of the popular ones for sure. But yeah, no, I just thought the music I mean yeah, the music definitely doesn't have the same ep- not ep- not epicness. The music definitely doesn't have the same caliber as the graphics. Like, it's really good, but the graphics, like, I don't know if they're on the same footing. Well, I would argue in Galaxy... I would, some I would argue in Galaxy, Galaxy, the music for the music oh. overshadowed the graphics. But in this one, the graphics overshadowed the music. Yeah. I know they're separate things. Oh, no, but... yeah, I, I agree. But I was watching some videos of um, Galaxy and 3D World kind of playing next to each other. Uh-huh. And oh, I saw the same thing. They didn't look that different. You know what's funny is... I honestly didn't think the graphics were that different. You know what it is? Galaxy just is blurry. Galaxy's a blurry 3D world, or 3D world's a sharp galaxy. But what really blew me away is, yes, the geometry is basically the same. Yes, the textures are kind of the same. They're just crisp. By the way, nice thing in the in 3D world is a lot of the grass looks like uh, like carpet because you're a cat and you're just kind of moseying around the house, sort of. I don't know if you noticed, uh, or like astroturfy carpety stuff. But um, yeah, the, the, the places it's different is lighting. The lighting and particle effects, I think, are what really make this game look look make look make three D world look really good compared to Galaxy. Because Galaxy, yeah, they had you know they had really nice backdrops of the uni- of like stars and stuff, and they had really nice geometry, and they worked with the bloom line quite well. But this one, like, if you take a stage like the first Bowser Castle, where there's that crazy like sunset water under it, mm-hmm. you compare it to anything in Galaxy, it, it's like leagues better in terms of what they can pull off graphically. 
Mm-hmm. Nintendo did I, Galaxy aged extremely well. I think it holds up quite well. I just think this like looks leagues better. But that's just. I like how the water looked, but I kind of didn't like it that much either. It, it felt too much like just like a regular background because it was like the water was so far down. It's not like oh yeah something but, that you could really see something like splash off with. It could have just been like a a pre like aesthetic image for yeah. all you. What about what about like the rain? Really... What about the levels with rain where the water is like reflecting in real time and stuff? Mm, it, you can only kind of just see the... I don't know, I feel like... Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to nitpick. Because yeah. obviously we're each talking to our opinion. I mean, like, I, I like how the characters themselves, like, they looked a lot shinier, like, they were actually wet. Yeah. But other than that, like... I do like yeah. this very slight redesign they gave Mario. I don't know if you noticed, but Mario looks a little bit more like old-school Mario. Like, if you look at the art, more so the art than the in-game graphics, actually entirely the art, he has kind of those the wider eyes and stuff. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It reminds me a lot of Mario 2, which makes sense, because that's sort Definitely of... Definitely not to look a little different, but... Yeah, that's actually something else worth noting. more the overalls of anything. Yeah, maybe. But that's something else worth knowing is that uh, the character variety is pretty nice. They have some... For the most part, you can play as any character in any level, but they do have some instances where you need a specific character to hit a specific switch. He's ready to get a stamp or something like I that. I think that's kind of dumb, honestly. Yeah, that one's kind of dumb, but I like that you can... I mean, I'd, I'd rather them have, like... A little area where only Toad can get through it because of a speed or... Yeah. Like, something only Peach they have, can don't, do. Don't they have one or two of those? Am I wrong? No. I know they have a switch for Peach at one point because I just did that. No, there's, the a, there's a switch for everybody at some oh, point. Oh, that's boring. But, um... That's all and, But, but every, everything everyone can do, pretty much. Right. Like, I mean, obviously, they're not going to do that because you're supposed to be able to play every level, like... Yeah. But I think it'd be cool, like, if maybe they had, like, some... Maybe... 30 second bonus levels where you could, well, only, like, like you could only play as Toad because only Toad yeah. can get through it because only he could run fast enough to complete whatever obstacle they, they put or... They sort of do and that's something well not as those characters but we forgot to mention these but they have the Captain Toad levels which are in in, in themselves. Oh, well that's just a no jump. I mean that could have been I know, any character. But it's, it's weird because that's like almost their own little game within the game. Like you have to collect six gold stars or six green five. stars you can't five right you can't jump they're basically you know what they remind me a lot of they're like march of the mini puzzles kind of they're like mario versus donkey Kong puzzles but with toad like they remind me a lot of minis of the one for 3ds whoever it is minis on the move minis march again minis yeah. minis mayhem madness mini m words i yeah it's just that was m by the way not n just to clarify but um yeah no i i actually really like the captain toad levels i'd be really happy with a ten dollar collection of new captain toad levels on the eShop at some point or something or like a dlc pack of just captain toad they're fun they're different yeah and captain toad i don't know he's kind of adorable in his like what, what's he say when you start the level it's like let's go on an adventure so it's like oh god <laughs> really <laughs> like it's adorable and like kind of the from galaxy yeah that too yeah. well he's from galaxy so it makes sense yeah so, same. But, but yeah so that i think all in all it is just uh i think Mario 3D World has been, you know, it has been worth the praise it's received. It does seem like it is a really good game. I have no complaints about it. What, what's your take? Same. No. It's basically the perfect, I yeah. wouldn't say the perfect Mario game, but it's as perfect as you can get. If I look at it, like, overall, like, yeah, it's, like, a really good game. Pretty much what I expected from it. Yeah. I mean, if I had to nitpick something, it'd just be that isometric oh, yeah. perspective yeah. problems, but that's pretty much but it. But it's, it's excellent, really. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's, it's nice that after so many years of like pretty much uh, like by the numbers Mario games, we're finally getting like a nice, really creative, ambitious yeah. one again. I still like how they give you a lot more things to do after you beat the game that are still just as challenging. Yeah, I've, I've heard of a few of those. There's yeah. there's some cool stuff. You're not when you beat it, you're not really done whatsoever. No. <laughs> but uh, it is worth knowing though that like Iwata once said 
that uh, it only takes a single game to sell a system. And I think based on what we've been saying and based on what the critics have been saying, I think if any game is going to sell a system, it's probably Mario And if this doesn't, then nothing will probably. Exactly. I mean, it's the press seems to be in the same boat as us. They seem to love it. It's been getting insanely good reviews. And I've noticed that a ton of sites following... Um, you know, following the game's release and following PS4 and Xbox One coming out and being stuck in kind of a wait-and-see period. Because, you know, Xbox One and PS4 are facing basically what the Wii U faced, but on a slightly lesser scale. They have games, but a lot of their launch games got delayed. So it's kind of like, well, what do I do with this? I have a couple of launch games, but then then what? So a lot of the press are coming around to the Wii U, which now suddenly actually has a lineup, and Mario's headlining it, and they're like, hey, maybe the Wii U's worth taking a look. Like, all those negative articles are now becoming positive articles. And I think... Mario's spearheading. I think I was right that one game could sell a system because you're seeing stuff like the New York Times actually said, direct quote, Wii U is also the only new console with a video game worth playing. Like, if that doesn't confirm Iwata's statement that it only takes one game to sell a system and our statement that Mario, you know, that Mario's probably that game, I don't know Ooh. what possibly could. Like, that's pretty straightforward, you know? It's, pretty, <laughs> it's hard to top that. And that's coming from a very major mainstream news source. That's not like, not like some blogger somewhere. That's like tons of people that don't have Wii U's are going to read that and go, oh, what's this Wii U about? So it could work. But um, and I think this kind of segues into the, our, the discussion I was saying we're going to have about, like, is this the game that can save the Wii U? I mean, it, de- it definitely seems like it would be the closest one, right? Like, it, I don't even know. Even going forward, maybe could Mario Kart? Like the only other yeah, Mario Kart of. actually outsold Mario Galaxy, so it'd be possible that Mario Kart, when it comes out, would be the one. But at least for this holiday, it's this. There's nothing else that compares. Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, obviously, yeah, nothing announced. Pikmin three, yeah, Pikmin three, definitely no, not. Definitely not Pikmin. Um, it's uh, it's too not, niche. Not Donkey Kong. Well, Donkey Kong's not even here. I know, but I'm just saying. Yeah, it's, it's not Zelda. Zelda. The thing with Zelda, I feel like, is I yeah, think, yeah, the, I don't Zelda think does well, but it's not a system seller. It is in a way. It's a system seller for core. It's a system seller for gamers, but Mario bridges that gap, especially this one where Nintendo's literally trying to bridge the gap in terms of letting casuals and core play by offering a two D three D hybrid. Like Zelda, you definitely have to be a gamer to play it. A lot of people that aren't gamers probably enjoy it, but and could probably play it. But this isn't one that like a soccer mom's gonna be like, oh, I could play this with my kids, like Mario is. Yeah, like Mario. Mario's definitely the system seller, and I mean with the praise it's receiving and the turn of, turnaround of press, like. I would argue, I would argue that less than we fit, less than we sports. This Mario could, this could be the game that gets the casual skill. Oh, what's this Wii U about? And actually take a second look and possibly buy one. It'd be interesting to see how sales go from Black Friday, which Nintendo will probably be releasing uh, this coming week, and we'll cover in our next episode. But it's worth knowing over in Japan, the numbers are already out for Mario's debut. And unfortunately, contrary to what we were just saying, sales out of Japan actually suggests it might not be the single saving grace, of, you know, the single, the savior of the Wii U. In Japan, the game had the lowest debut of any 3D Mario game ever, which is a bit unfortunate. It only managed to sell 99,588 units in its debut, Whoa. which is, now that sounds very tiny, but for Japan, it's tiny, for sure, but a big seller is like 400,000, 500,000. So, it is very low. It's actually the lowest... um, It's even lower than when Mario 64 3D... Or, sorry, Mario 64 DS came out alongside the the DS in 2004. That port outsold this original game. Similarly, uh, it was completely, completely outsold by Galaxy 2 when it came out, which, keep in mind, is a sequel to... It's not like a true new Mario 3D experience. It was a sequel. That sold 330,000 in its first week. This sold 99,000. 
And just to put it in better context, compared to New Super Mario Bros. U a year ago when the Wii U launched, that managed to sell 200,000 in Japan in its first week, and this, once again, is barely at 100,000. So, definitely not a good start. It came in second place behind a Final Fantasy game, Lightning Returns, which also coincidentally, or not coincidentally, underperformed. It sold around 200,000, which is way less than they expected. So, possibly there's something going on with the market in Japan right now where games just aren't selling for whatever reason. But there are three things to note about these. First of all, 3D Marios do sell less than 2D Marios in Japan. That's a known fact. Granted, not by a ton, but it could explain the discrepancy between U and 3D World last year and this year. Of course, like I said, it's not by a ton, so that point might be moot. Um, it also doesn't count for eShop sales. Nintendo, especially in Japan, is pushing eShop way harder. They have those cool AR photo cards that you can like take a photo like you can like use um one side's like AR and you can take a picture with your 3DS and then the other side's a code for the eShop and they saw them at everywhere imaginable. So the eShop Nintendo pushes it harder in Japan than America. So it's possible the sales difference is made up in eShop numbers. No way to verify that. And the third thing worth mentioning is the Wii U has a really, really, really small install base as we know. So you know when uh the other Mario's came out they probably had more people owning the system. So the ratio of people you know, the percentage of people that own a Wii U that own the game might be similar to the others. I don't know. So, for all we know, everyone in Japan could own... That everyone had the, Wii U, the Wii U could, could own the game, yeah. And I don't think that's the case, because it definitely has sold more than 100,000 Wii U's in Japan. But my, my point is, it's still early on. There's all sorts of possibilities of why this number might not be right, but it's definitely... There are a lot of headlines on the web of, like, lowest Mario debut ever, and it's totally true. And it's definitely a little worrisome, because this is the thing that will save the Wii U. If one thing can save the Wii U, it is Mario. But I don't know if we should necessarily enter panic mode yet, I think, or Nintendo should. I think, like, I think it's a game with legs. I was looking at a chart, and a lot of the Mario games sell better in the long term than in the short term. Like, they'll sell X amount in the short term, but then they have long legs and sell for a couple years. We're seeing it with 3D Land. It's the number one selling 3DS game. I mean, yeah, Pokemon outsold it in terms of fastest, but 3D Land's still the number one selling. So, presumably this will have legs and presumably it'll be fine but in terms of right out of the gate even though we're just like this seems like the perfect game it's worth noting in japan it's not yet the perfect game so we'll have to you know we'll have to see how it does in the u.s we'll get a better sense of those sales when the npd sales tracking for here in the u.s comes out in december we'll cover that next episode um Antoli, i can say that seems to be working on some level when i went to pick up the game and zelda at best buy during my lunch break six other guys were there all picking up Mario and Zelda in some cases, and two of them got Wii U's with Mario. Oh, wow. So, granted, that's very anecdotal, and that's a total of six people, but Something. somewhere, for someone, Mario has been Wii U's savior, clearly, because it got two people by Wii U's. And in case you're wondering, one got the Mario bundle, one got the Zelda bundle. Very diverse bunch. So, um, yeah, so at least it's working on some level. I'm really curious to see how it does on a uh, broader scale. I definitely think like I said, if there's one game that's going to do it, it's, it's Mario. So it'll be really interesting to see November numbers. And then in January, to look back at December numbers and see how it continued to truck along. So that, that's it for Mario. We literally spent like 40 minutes or so talking about Mario. I think that's more than enough time for Mario. Yeah, it, it's a great game. Like it, I'm, I think if there's one game outside of Pokemon where we get into the agree that we talk about in detail, it should be one this good. Which means we're probably going to talk about Zelda in the same way in a couple of weeks because it's also very good. Um, no, I haven't played it. Well, yeah, so it's just going to be <laughs> I don't really so. play too. But. Right, yeah, you're, you prefer watching. But anyway, you have been playing something else, though, that's not Zelda because you don't own it, which is Edge, a port of a mobile game uh, that was then brought to Wii U by Two Tribes. They also brought it to Steam, if I remember correctly. So what, what did you think of Edge? 
Yeah, it's my first time playing it was actually on Steam. Many, well, not many. Like, <laughs> Way back in 1992. I think last year, so pretty. Much, um, it's a it's a puzzle platform game. Maybe more platform than puzzle. You control a cube. You move northwest, southwest, northeast, or southeast. Or as most people would say, left, right, up, and down. But it's not left, right, up, and down. It's like mm-hmm. angled. Well, I just look like a jerk. Everything is like every, <laughs> everything's at an angle. Like right when it asks you, like, isometric view, perhaps. Kind of like when it, when you start the game, it says, "Do do you want up to be northwest or northeast?" Oh, interesting. So directionality matters. I thought you were just yeah because saying it yeah because otherwise like you might. I make, gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was being so a jerk. pretty much yeah. You just um you control a cube. Every it's a very the graphics are very simple. Very it's very, like vector art practically. Yeah, isn't it's it? just cubes and. And lines. It's cubed and lined, yeah. yeah. And the soundtrack is very, 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 very 8-bit-ish. It's almost it's like... Throw, the whole game is just a giant throwback. Yeah, from a, what I've watched of the trailer. I don't know, like, I, you probably have the, a better way to describe the soundtrack. It sounds... I mean, I would just say... It's it chiptune. Yeah, very... Yeah, thought chiptune. I was going to say it sounds very regular show-ish, but that's just because... Oh, that doesn't yeah. help me. I mean, exactly. I help exactly. listeners. Listeners. <laughs> but, but, yeah. But anyway, um... I don't know, it... Some... Some levels go from, like, it's a very slow-paced game. So are you trying to get, is the goal... You're, go, you're going from point A to point B. Every level starts you in some random part of this, like, maze, or sometimes uh-huh. it's just, like, a straight line. And you're just, like, rolling this cube along, and sometimes you have to, like, wait between um, bridges being formed and getting destroyed, so you have to, like, kind of cross at the right time. Right. Or sometimes you have to, like, activate switches to create a path to continue on. Is there a time limit? No. Just it just it's based on your score. So if you want to gotcha. get a good ranking, then you go for a faster time. Gotcha. And sometimes you have to um, like the cube. As far as it's moving around the stage, it's pretty much what you would expect. There's nothing really too special about it moving mm-hmm. around, except for the fact that um, when you're rotating the cube, which is what you're doing to move around, you're rotating it. If you're climbing up a ledge, if you can keep. I don't even know. It's kind of hard to describe, but do you need momentum to get to the top? Like if you stop in the middle, where you start going back yeah, down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, you can use that momentum to kind of stay balanced on the corner of the stage. Like, it doesn't make sense visually because, like, the cube shouldn't be doing that. Oh, is it just, like, on its edge right on the edge yeah, of the it's stage? A, yeah, it's, it's touching corner to corner, but, huh. like, and, and if you're keeping yourself, like, kind of balanced that way, it actually starts a timer. It, it, it kind of... It's oh, it's like, like a trick shot. It's like a trick. It's, it's like doing a... So it's like, almost like... A, it's like doing an ollie. No, not an ollie. Yeah, an ollie. You're basically... Or not an ollie. A, uh, well, I guess it is an ollie. No, you're an ollie basically is a playing Tony Hawk with a cube on the edge yeah, of the stage. Yeah, you're balancing it, so it's like saying, yeah. like, oh, how long can you keep the cube of balancing? Yeah. So there are actually some parts of some levels later in the game that will force you to balance yourself up because mm-hmm. you're going to have to be connecting to a cube that's moving over a big gap and you have to try not to fall. Mm-hmm. So mastering that early on is kind of important. But, I mean, it's a really it's a really small game. Like, you, there isn't really much beyond that. It's just, like, if you like really a really... I think it's a really short platformer. Is it a... It's, one, it, it's, it's one of those games that it has, like, like 30 levels or so. Right. But each level is designed for like each level is designed to be played over and over again, like for a faster time. Okay. So like you could get through. I mean, the game's two dollars. Yeah. So you can't expect much for two bucks. So I mean, like you could finish. I I mean, I'd really recommend it for that. There's a lot of content, doesn't it? Yeah, because I mean, the game is really fun. It's really challenging. Let let me rephrase real quick. I say it has a lot of content. Um, compared to the original version, did they add a bunch of DLC and does it have like all the Steam levels or something? Like, no, well, it's more not, than just... Yeah, so, the, so I mean, it yeah, has a lot of levels, but I mean, each level you can maybe finish in like a minute or two. Gotcha. So, I mean, and you would want to play those levels again just like to beat your time because they yeah. do like that track, everything. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're saying it was challenging. I interrupted. I'm sorry. Continue. You're saying it's no, I challenging. I ruined this. You know what? We should just quit the podcast. I, I ruined everything. 
But pretty much. I w- <laughs> like, I mean, if you want, like, another nice little game just to go... Like, uh, it, just to go with all your other eShop collections, right. I would definitely get this one. It's also a game that works nicely just playing on the gamepad. Because it feels like... Yeah, a, I was ask about It that. feels like a portable game. Because it is. It's from mobile phones. And you know, it works yeah, out exactly. that it feels like a portable game. Because they're actually bringing a version to the 3DS soon. They announced when they released this one. I saw this on uh, the Two Tribes blog. They announced that... Uh, they're handing off development to a DSiWare company called, I believe, Cosmigo or something, Cosmigo, something like that, and they're going to basically mimic feature for feature the Wii U version. Obviously, it won't. I assume the Wii U version is it 1080p? Is it full HD? I think so that's also it why 1080p. It looks must because even though it feels like a like a portable game, like yeah. just gameplay wise, like I would still rather keep it for a console just because even though the graphics are so simple, it just looks so nice on a big TV. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, the 3DS one, all they're doing, they're literally pouring it all over. Like, it'll be the same two-screen setup. So, you have one screen with the map and another screen with the gameplay. And yeah. then you have, in the case of the 3DS one, it'll be in 3D. In the case of the Wii one, obviously, it's HD. So, I guess you just pick your poison. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just nice seeing, like, an indie game that's not a yeah. artsy 2D platformer. It's oh, a, yeah. Yeah. It's or a, or, or uh, a 16-bit RPG. Yeah. It, it, it's as simple as you can get. It's literally just a cube. Like, yeah. It's like they didn't even bother, like... Let's not, it's super minimalist. Let's okay. not design a character. Let's just make it a cube, <laughs> whatever. And, I mean, it just has a lot of cool effects going on. Like, the cube is constantly changing colors, like, from, uh-huh. yeah, like, the entire time. Um, every once in a while, like, you can stand over a panel, your cube will turn, like, super tiny. And it will get the ability to climb up walls no matter how tall they are. Oh, it turns into Cat Mario. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> does it meow yeah, when meow, it shrinks? Yeah, it and everything. No. It meows it. <laughs> <laughs> does, does, it, does it do Mario's meow? Or it's meow? Because he does both. Oh, yeah. I did not just actually say those out loud. Did, I? did that really just happen? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I'm on, and it's recorded forever. Someone one day, it's going to be like my wedding, and someone's just going to play like, oh, and here's J- highlight reel of Jason's life. Meow. Like over and over. Like, again. Uh, anyway, sorry. That's what I said, John. So that's what I said. you recommend? Yeah. I mean, for two bucks, you really can't go wrong, I would say. Yeah, you really have no reason not to get it, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I'm tempted to get it, and I'm usually not big on really slow, meticulous games like that, but I mean, for it's two not, bucks. I mean, like, some levels are slow. Other levels go by pretty fast. Oh, like, okay. There's a really neat level that it's kind of like simulating traffic so it's like a giant square and there's just a bunch of other cubes just going around like that's cool like, so you're kind of like trying to cross from one into the other without getting pushed by the other ones that right. drop you to your death so and it's, it's cool and it has that, that sounds cool actually it, i like that the sound and it has that instant response so if you fall off the stage you instantly respond so it it gets addicting it's like oh just one more just one more just right one more. right so that sounds very cool actually so yeah. only two bucks i mean might as well yeah, I mean, you have one of those awesome Bowser gift cards. So. Or you know, Bear, yeah, if you're the winner of our $20 eShop credit giveaway, you can still have 18 after you buy this game. Yeah, and I mean, that's all I have to say about it, so... So, with that, let's transition to the contest! So, we actually got a surprisingly large number of entries. I did not expect that many, so, I mean... We, yeah, it could have been larger. Hint, hint, listener. No, I'm kidding. Uh, thank you to everyone who entered. We really do appreciate it. And uh, we are very happy to announce that we have a winner. What we did is we, for those who may not have checked the site lately, we had a contest. As you may or may not know, I am really bad at beating my video games. I will play them. I will play them far, and then I will stop. I've noticed I stop in conjunction with when we do the podcast. Like, I'll be like, oh, I gotta play this for the podcast. And after the podcast, I'll be like, okay, now what? <laughs> so, so I blame the podcast for this problem. But, no, I, uh... Yeah, I, I'm really bad at beating my games, and with Mario and Zelda coming out on the same day, it only made sense that one of these I can beat, right? So we asked you guys which game I should beat of the two. And all I had to do is leave a comment on our last episode to let us know. Um, it turns out a lot of people want me to beat Zelda. Like, a lot of people. The votes were literally over 2-1 to one in favor of when Zelda. When was the last time you beat a Zelda game, Jason? 
I don't know if I ever have. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if... I think Wind Waker was the closest I got. I got to the Triforce Fetch Quest, fetch so quest and I was like, this is boring, and I stopped. I, granted, I was like 12, but... Trying to beat the... No, I was 12. I was 14, but... Uh, yeah, I might try and beat the Wii one. Why don't you actually. get transferred like your save data from the GameCube somehow? Oh, I would. No, because then conti- I can't re-experience and it then in the from where, Well, just so you could beat it. Nah. I'll just go back to get. I have the GameCube one still. I still have my GameCube hooked up. I can beat it. I sure. won't, but I could. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Zelda. So speaking of being Zelda games, it looks like, based on your guys' vote of, like I said, over 2 to 1, which is a lot, like literally more than double, I uh, am going to be being Zelda. So, here's the deal. I have to the end of the month to beat Zelda. That is December 31st, 2013, at 11.59pm. If I don't tweet out a screenshot of the completion screen, or whatever the closest or thing to Or post it on Neaver so we know it's him. Or Yeah, post it. Well, they know my Twitter. It's on the site. Whatever. I'll post it on both. But if I don't... Yeah, maybe I'll Meverse it. We'll see. I will. It will be out there. If I don't beat said game by that time, we're going to give away a second $10 eShop gift card to one of the many, many people who entered this contest. So don't go anywhere. Even if you lose today, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter so you know in January if you won the $10 if I don't beat the game. It's a big if. It's most likely not going to happen. But you never know. I may just be like, is fun really worth... Is having fun really equal to $10? And I might just pay the $10. I don't know. Point being, we have a winner to announce. So Zelda's the game I'm going to play, and the winner of our contest, chosen at random, is a man named Christopher Arnold. So, Chris, congrats... Can I call you Chris? Chris? Is that okay? Christopher? Uh, congratulations on winning. You, he actually voted for Super Mario 3D World, which is kind of funny. He's one of the, the minority that voted for Mario 3D World. But, Chris, we are going to be emailing you with your download, with your code for $20 in eShop credit... Uh, very shortly so keep an eye on your inbox for that and thank you for entering and thank you to all of you for entering it's really awesome to see that many comments like it is really cool and thank you special thanks to the people who actually took the time to th- congratulate us on our two year anniversary that was, a, that was a nice touch i didn't expect many people to do that so um and thanks for listening of course so with that yeah <laughs> thanks for listening guys yeah yeah you, you guys are cool yep okay but um, no but it uh yeah chris will be emailing you uh and definitely like i said stay tuned to those who didn't win because there may be 10 more bucks up for grabs you never know and this isn't the last contest we're going to do either we'll do other stuff so you definitely want to keep an eye on the site speaking of keeping an eye on the site if uh the extra i plugged earlier in the show if you haven't checked it out already at ramtail.com be sure to check out nintendo takes a holiday tour in which uh, we show you what the Nintendo Holiday Mall experience is like this year, show you what games are, give you a sense of what it's all about, so you can go see it for yourself if it's in one of the cities near you, and if it's not, you at least get a taste from the article. So we have, like, over 15 photos, a couple paragraphs all about it. Definitely check it out. Um, We'll also have more extras coming up, as we always do. Small teaser, I'm going to be in New York in a few weeks, and I'll be visiting Nintendo World and doing some sort of extra about that. I... That's all I'm going to say. You'll, you'll see what it is when it shows up in late December. But the easiest way to make sure you don't miss those, once again, is just follow us on Twitter at Ram Nintendo. You can also follow us individually if you want to hear what we have to say. I'm JSR7 on Twitter. Jose is Wero. That's W-E-I-R-O underscore O on Twitter. Or, you know, friend us or follow us on Miiverse for more gaming-oriented stuff, including once Miiverse goes live on 3DS, some progress updates on my Zelda quest. We'll see how, you know, how I'm actually doing and how close to the deadline I'm going to cut it. So I'm Jason R. on Meverse, and Jose is that same Wero. I'm not going to spell it again. I'm really tempted to spell it again. Okay, it's W-E-I-R-O underscore O. I'm sorry. All right. Um, and yeah, until next time, uh, we will have our next episode on December... I should probably mention this. Our next episode will be on December 15th. It's going to be all about... It's going to be all of our impressions of Zelda, Link Between Worlds, plus whatever the latest news is. Most likely NPD sales numbers for November. 
So expect to see how Nintendo did in terms of Black Friday and beyond. We're also going to have some impressions made of some other games and whatever news there may be. So tune in December 15th. Don't miss that. And Chris, go spend those $20 wisely. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Maybe you should wait till after they do the merger so you don't lose that money. Yes, you should, and you ruined my sign-off. Okay, let's try that again. Chris, once the Miiverse goes live, or once the Miiverse, yeah, once the 3DS firmware update goes live, go spend those 20 bucks wisely. We'll see you in two weeks. You know what loses something when I just repeat it? Do you realize that? Now, now, we're ju- now I'm just going to be faded out, aren't I? You're fading me out right now. Stop fading me out. You're-